fear the talking queers. Now that we're all here, the party can begin. Hey, bitch. Hey, bitch. <laughs> I'm Frankie. And I'm Jake, and we are Fear the Talking Queers. Welcome to the show. Yes, and this week we are doing the movie of the century. <laughs> Freddy versus Jason. Oh my god, the most brilliant classic. Uh, just compelling. Uh, beautifully written. Amazing. Beautifully acted. Beautifully written, beautifully directed. <laughs> and um, so we knew that for this episode, we were going to have to make it extra special. So we were like, okay, these are the Titans of Terror head to head. So I'm like, you know what? We need to bring on the Titans of Horror podcasting. <laughs> yes, we do. So we are very, very pleased to announce the return of Homies of Horror. Hey. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Introduction. Yes. Oh, Everybody. Too kind. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, welcome Erica and Roshane to the show. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Uh, I know. <laughs> well, we're referring to you guys as the Titans of Horror Podcasting because you just hit 10,000 plays. Yes. Oh, my God. Congrats. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, you so much. But also, a congratulations to you on 10,000 yes, plays. You also hit oh, 10,000. <laughs> Thank we are so neck much. and neck. We, this we is literally doing it. Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. We are. We're going head to head today. No, we are actually really excited just to be here and uh, have you guys back. We love collaborating with you so much. This is our third collaboration. I know if you're mm-hmm. only, if you only listen to our channel, you think we've only collaborated once, but no. If you go to Homies of Horror, you will see that we actually uh, guessed it on their show too. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is third time's a charm, man. This is going to be a good time. Yes. Also, our so this will be our second time talking about a Freddy movie. Oh, also that's true too. Yep. Yeah, we're back with Freddy again because we talked about <laughs> the sequel to the original on our channel if you guys haven't checked yeah. that out yet yes mm-hmm. please go check it out <laughs> yeah this, yeah we're we're bringing it back to freddie again he's i guess a, a something that binds us that's what brings <laughs> us together is freddie yeah yeah and homies of horror you guys have uh full like freddie coverage you guys have one two and three right up on mm-hmm. our shit mm-hmm. yep yes yeah we do nice. we're trying to continue on with the full series we'll see how long that takes but <laughs> thank you guys for making time for us because you guys are in your season two you guys just start mm-hmm. kick that off right mm-hmm. yes how's that been we going are. for you <laughs> it's been going good it was one of those things where we were like we should have seasons right like everybody <laughs> yeah it's a thing <laughs> so we should have seasons and so we were like okay we'll just cut it off at 50 so I guess that's the wow. path we will have to continue yeah. to take is 50 episodes per season. All right. So um, we thought it would be a fun idea because we are doing Freddy versus Jason t- today that we would do a little game. That's going to be Fear the Talking Queers versus Homies of Horror. What do you think? Oh, my God. Bring it out. I'm excited. Okay. I want a good, clean fight. The winner is the one who makes it out alive. 
The loser is, well, you do the math. Okay, ladies, let's get it on. This is a new game for us. I, uh, we don't know what to call it. I guess, should we just call it, like, Family Feud? (laughs) (laughs) Is that copyright an issue? Or what do I get? (laughs) Yeah, a horror podcast feud. (laughs) Steve Harvey's gonna send us, like, a cease and desist. (laughs) (laughs) So it's gonna be, like, a one-on-one battle, two different rounds. So, um, we thought that... Ladies should go first. So, Erica, yes. you're going to be doing the first round, and you get okay. to pick between Jake and myself who you oh want to uh, go against. Ooh-hoo. Oh, God. Okay, I will go... I'll go against Jake. How about that? Ooh. Okay. All Ooh. right. Okay. Good shot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh, this is so exciting. You go first. I'll take out my headphones. Yeah. Okay. So Jake is not going to be able to listen because you guys are going to be asked the same round of questions. Okay. So I'll ask you first seven questions. If you don't know the answer to one or you just want to skip it and come back to it, then you can say pass. And then okay. we'll come back to it after. Okay. <laughs> I'm going mute. I'm going mute now. <laughs> okay. So Jake is going mute. Whatever that means. And um, <laughs> <laughs> the category that you will have is random knowledge horror questions. Oh, okay. Okay. And by the way, you guys, this is from icebreakerideas.com. Which horror film was the first ever of its genre to be nominated for Best Picture Oscar? Silence of the Lambs? Who did Wes Craven originally want to play the lead role of Freddy Krueger? I'm just gonna say a stuntman. I don't know. <laughs> a stuntman. <laughs> Which on-screen adaptation fell flat, according to Stephen King? Uh, the Shining. How many years did it take to get Aliens made? I'm going to say 10. Which three horror films did serial killer Ed Gein inspire? Uh, the Silence of the Lambs, Psycho, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which well-known horror film is recognized as one of the most profitable films of all time? Ah, Halloween. And then the last question. Unstated in the movie, what is the name of the demon that possesses Regan McNeil in The Exorcist? Oh, Pazuzu. Jake, okay, yes. (laughs) Hurry up. (laughs) Okay, you got a single one right, you got more than me. (laughs) Oh my god, okay. They're harder than I was expecting. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, let's do this. Okay. I'm nervous. Okay. <laughs> Which horror film was the first ever of its genre to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar? Um, Silence of the Lambs. Who did Wes Craven originally want to play the lead role of Freddy Krueger? Uh, Christopher Lee. Which on-screen adaptation fell flat, according to Stephen King? Uh, Carrie. No, I lied. How many? I lied. The Shining. The Shining. No, Fuck. sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's The Shining. God damn it. Ruthless. Okay, <laughs> it's up to the homies. Do you want to give him that? Well, I mean, I'm going to say no. But... <laughs> I got to go with the boss. Boss says no. So. Oh, no, my, so it's my no. apologies. All right. Fine. 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 <laughs> How many years did it take for aliens to get made? Um, uh, 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 ten. Which three horror films did serial killer Ed Gein inspire? How many? Which ones? Oh, Which Texas three? Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh, 
other ones. Um, I don't know. It and um, I don't know something else. Halloween. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which well-known horror film is recognized as one of the most profitable films of all time? Six Sense. Okay. And then the last question is, unstated in the movie, what is the name of the demon that possesses Reagan McNeil and the Exorcist? Pazuzu. All right. Oh my gosh. Me and you both answered that last question with such confidence. <laughs> you're like, thank God. I, like, I got one. I got one. That's all I need. Thank God for that one. I know. So, with the first question, which horror film was the first ever of its genre to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar? You both, you guys both said Signs of the Lambs. That is wrong. It is The Exorcist. Oh, oh. I, I had no idea it was nominated yeah. for Best Picture. Yeah. Um, who did Wes Craven originally want to play? Freddy Krueger. Uh, Erica, you said a stuntman. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Jake said Christopher Lee. The answer is David Warner. Like, how are we uh, supposed to know oh, that? Oh, duh, of course. Him. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Which on-screen adaptation fell flat, according to Stephen King? Erica said The Shining, which is the correct answer. And Jake, I'm sorry. You remembered after, but yeah, Carrie was All right. not the answer. All right. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I remember because he says he, he he says he doesn't like the book Carrie that he wrote. It's like got it mixed right. up. So mm. right, yeah. Uh, how many years did it take for aliens to get made? You guys both said ten years. The correct answer is seven. Oh. So you both got oh, that wrong. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Which three horror films did serial killer Ed Gein inspire? The correct answers were Psycho, Silence of the Lambs, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hey. Erica got all three right. What? Uh, oh my <laughs> god. Okay. All right. <laughs> Which well-known horror film is recognized as one of the most profitable films of all time? It's Paranormal Activity. Uh, really? A low budget and a high yeah. box office. Oh. Mm, what did you I say? Mean, uh, the, oh, she said Halloween. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you said Sixth Sense. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought, I thought that movie was really popular. <laughs> And you guys both got the exorcist question right. The de- the devil's name is Pazuzu. Oh my So God. Erica got three, Jake got one. <laughs> so <laughs> this round goes to you, homies of horror. Nice. Right. Okay. Congrats. I love that. Congrats. That's a small victory. Winner, yeah. winner, chicken um, dinner. <laughs> gosh. Yeah, that was way harder than I was expecting it to be. Imagining, right? It's, it's yeah. pretty hard. So now it's going to be Roshane versus Frankie for yes. the second round. Okay. It's for oh, every, man. I feel like every collaboration we've done, we've ended up doing trivia. And it's just like, I feel like I'm attacked every time. It's like, I, <laughs> I'm bad. The reason I'm bad at trivia is like, there are certain things that I know really, really well. So it takes up all my brain space. So yes. little random facts and stuff, I just like, I completely glaze over. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> For me, if it's not scream, like I'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well maybe we'll be evenly matched. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Roshane, I believe in you. You got that. Thank this. you. Thank you. I need that. I do. Alright, Roshane, are you ready? Let's do this. Alright. <laughs> what hobby does Norman enjoy in the movie Psycho? Oh, Painting? What is odd about the videotape in the ring? It's unmarked, unlabeled. Uh, which? Oh, sorry. How many? Sorry. How many Friday the, the fucking shit? How many Friday <laughs> the Thirteenth movies are there? <laughs> 
Nine? How many Michael Myers Halloween movies are there? Eight. What is the name of the camp in Sleepaway Camp? Ah, shit. I hate this. I hate this so much because it's right there. Oh. Pass. Fuck. Uh, What is the number one rule on Randy's list for surviving a horror movie in Scream? Mm. Oh, Frankie's going to get that one. Don't go alone. I don't know. I haven't seen Screaming forever. <laughs> uh, which horror movie features a serial killer wearing a William Shatner mask? Shatner mask. Rosha. <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, what? You're going to be what? pissed if you don't If I get this one wrong, yes. I am. <laughs> Fuck. William Shatner mask. I know. I am. I'm going to be so mad. Uh... Scary movie. I know it's wrong, but... All right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> the struggle. Bro, Shane, I hate to say this, but we're going to have to talk later. Because this <laughs> some of these questions. You got to prep me for trivia. I need you, to know you, beforehand that trivia you know is happening. I'm just going to say the pressure got to you. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, the pressure say. is real, I will say. I the can speak from experience real. now. Mm-hmm. That, um, I understand. <laughs> As a loser of the last round. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Frankie, are you ready? I'm ready. Yes, okay, here we go. Frankie, what hobby does Norman enjoy in the movie Psycho? Taxidermy. What is odd about the videotape in the ring? Uh, the images... What? <laughs> uh, how many Friday the 13th movies are there? 12 with Freddy versus Jason. Um, how many Michael Myers Halloween movies are there? Previous. Uh, 11? Alright. Uh, 10! No, 11. Too late. Too late. <laughs> you said it. You said it. Um, what is the name of the camp in Sleepaway Camp? Camp Arawak. <laughs> what is the number one rule on Randy's list for surviving a horror movie in Scream? Never have sex. Which horror movie features a serial killer wearing a William Shatner mask? Halloween. All right. <laughs> All right. Oh we've God. reached the conclusion of Freaky versus Roshane. Okay. So for our first question... What hobby does Norman enjoy in the movie Psycho? Roshane, you said painting. And uh, Frankie, you said taxidermy. So that point goes to Frankie. Yes, it does. Yes. <laughs> so um, what is odd about the videotape in the ring? Let's see what the answer says. Oh, it doesn't use a time code. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> wow. So uh, that's no points for either of you. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> All right. How many uh, Friday the 13th movies are there? There are 12. So that point goes to Frankie. Roshane, you said nine. I know. I was actually going to say 11, but it still would have been wrong. So I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. How many Michael Myers Halloween movies are there? The answer says nine. That is uh, both of you got it wrong. Roshane, you said I eight. I got, Frankie I said thought 11. I got that one right. I actually did think I got that one right. That, that was the one correct. I thought I got right. That is incorrect. Because really? Halloween Resurrection is eight. 
and Rob Zombie is nine. So how Rob Zombie two is ten, and Halloween kills or Halloween twenty eighteen is eleven. Ooh. Okay. All right. Contesting. Uh, so that's like including the Rob Zombie movies. Yeah, I was about to say. I wonder if they didn't include those. I wonder if they, yeah, if you, those are like. Separate. For the record, you'll you'll win without that question. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you can let okay. it go. It's fine. Let's, let's let it go. I'll let it go. I'll, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. <laughs> All right, and then um, number five. What is the name of the camp in Sleepaway Camp? The answer is. Camp Arawak. That point goes to Frankie. That was kind of uh, hard because I was like, I've watched Sleepaway Camp 2 more and I don't think yes. it's Arawak in 2. No, I've it's... seen it once and I've dumpstered the knowledge out of my brain <laughs> after we watched it. Oh yeah, Fra- uh, Roshane said pass. So no one knows. Alright, uh, the number one rule that Randy gives in Scream to survive a horror movie is don't have sex. Get one to Frankie and then uh, Roshane said don't be lame. <laughs> I said, don't go alone. That oh, that's not what I, said. I just, I just misread my handwriting. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> don't be lame. <laughs> that was Jake's response to that answer. Don't be lame. You should know that one. <laughs> don't be lame. Just don't be lame. And then um, our final question was, <laughs> which horror movie features a serial killer wearing a William Shatner mask? The answer is Halloween. That is a point for Frankie. And mm-hmm. Roshane said scary movie. Scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh Wait, so God. that puts that- us at a... That puts us at a tie. That's a tie. Ooh. So now there's a tiebreaker. Winner versus winner. Ooh, this is Oh so my god, exciting. this is hard. <laughs> oh my god. I'm okay. scared. There are two additional categories, and yeah. Erica, you can pick which one. It's either going to be scary movie quotes or horror movie deaths. Let's do horror movie deaths. Okay. All right, cool, cool, cool. Horror movie I might deaths. Know them. Okay. <laughs> Here we go, tiebreaker round. We're gonna start with Erica. Which horror film kills someone by forcing them to eat too much? I have like two in my head. I'm gonna say seven. What film showcases death by strangulation with a clothesline in the shower? Uh, Final Destination. In what movie does someone get hit in the face with an ax while listening to Hip to be Square? Um, American Psycho. Which movie kills off their high-profile main character at the very beginning with a gruesome stabbing scene? (laughs) Scream. In which bloody film does someone die from an alien spawn exploding out of their chest? Alien. What horror film depicts a character smashing their dirt bike into an artificial wall? Cabin in the Woods. What scary movie shows a child dying by way of a sewer gutter? It. Okay, all right. (laughs) Y'all could have gave me that one. I know I knew a lot of those. I know. I was like, I knew a bunch of those ones. Okay. (laughs) All right, you ready, bitch? Yes, bitch. (laughs) Okay, be prepared. Be prepared. All right, Frankie. Which horror film kills someone by forcing them to eat too much? Um, seven. What film showcases death by strangulation with a clothesline in the shower? Final Destination. In what movie does someone get hit in the face with an axe while listening to Hip to be Square? Mm, Friday the 13th Part 2? Which movie kills off their high-profile main character at the very beginning with a gruesome stabbing scene? Scream. (laughs) 
In which bloody film does someone die from an alien spawn exploding out of their chest? The thing? <laughs> what horror film depicts a character smashing their dirt bike into an artificial wall? Cabin in the Woods. All right. And finally, what scary movie shows a child dying by way of a sewer gutter? It. Okay. All right. Lightning round is, or tiebreaker round is finished. All right. Let's see who got what right. Okay. So our first question, which horror film kills someone by forcing them to eat too much? The answer is seven. And both of you got that one correct. Ooh. What film showcases death by strangulation with a clothesline in the shower? Final Destination. That is a point for both of you. In what movie does someone get hit in the face with an axe while listening to Hip to be Square? The answer is American Psycho. That is a point for Erica. (laughs) And Friday the 13th Part 2 was Frankie's answer. That is incorrect. All right, which movie kills off their high-profile main character at the very beginning with a gruesome stabbing scene? That would be Scream. Both of you got that correct. In which bloody film does someone die from an alien spawn exploding out of their chest? The answer is Alien. That is a point for Erica. Frankie said the thing. That is an incorrect answer. (laughs) And what horror film depicts a character smashing their dirt bike into an artificial wall? The answer is Cabin in the Woods. That is a point for both of you. And what scary movie shows a child dying by way of a sewer gutter? The answer is It. That is a point for both of you leading to Erica being the champion of the show. That means homies of horror are the winners! Woo-woo! Yeah, I killed it out there. Uh, I didn't know I had it in me, but (laughs) out there uh, fighting for the team. Right. But again, I want to I want to defend myself and say, like in every collaboration that we do, I am trash at trivia. The pressure plus the need to know these things instantly. It gets to me every time. I can't answer the questions. I love it. All right, so that uh, that epic battle brings us to our movie this week, which is Freddy versus Jason. Yes. Ooh la la. Yes, this is uh, this movie came out in two thousand three. Was a all-out knockout battle between two of the titans of horror, Freddy Krueger versus Jason Voorhees. Um, does anybody have any like special connection to this film at all? <laughs> yeah. So, first of all, I didn't realize how long it had been since I'd last seen this movie until I was rewatching it today. And also, I don't think I've ever seen the unrated version because I normally always used to just like catch it on TV. Oh, wow. But <clears throat> this was like one of my main one of my first ish introductions to like both Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees and I remember I watched this came out during like our generation for sure yeah like when we were starting to get old enough to like watch scary movies and I remember my older sister rented it and I watched it with her and I didn't even get all the way through it and I still had nightmares that night I've told the story I think before on <laughs> I think I told the story before on our podcast but I had a really weird nightmare and it ended up like Freddy Krueger was chasing me around and then Whoopi Goldberg of all people came and like helped me <laughs> oh my god situation. Like, you in danger girl <laughs> that is the best nightmare like nothing will ever but... top that again <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> oh my god, I love it. It was just so strange that I like can never forget it because I was like, why was she there? Like, but that's I just always remember that about this movie because it was like one of my scarier nightmares for sure. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I remember my uncle brought this DVD over. He had a two disc DVD, like when it first came out on DVD and he took it to my grandma's house during a party and was like, oh yeah, I brought this so the kids could watch it. <laughs> Titties, gore, <laughs> all, everything, all like it. all of it. And I was like, I was like, oh my God. And he left it there. So I've owned this DVD since I was 12 years old. <laughs> and that's actually what I watched. Oh my God. For this. I have oh, this weird awesome. thing about old DVDs. Like I can't even watch those now. I'm like, the quality sucks. I need clear HD. <laughs> I like Blu-ray uh, level. Yeah. Yada, li- yada. Literally. I'm like, I can't watch a Bougie DVD. <laughs> are you kidding me? Look how chunky the subtitles are. <laughs> Big and yellow. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Ew. Um, I saw this movie. So this came out in what? 2003. So I was about 12, 13, and um, I remember going to the movies with the girl I had a crush on. Oh, oh. my God. And we held hands. <laughs> and so I have very uh, romantic, fond memories of this movie. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's. <laughs> don't talk shit. Yeah, so don't talk shit and ruin <laughs> my memory of me and my seventh grade crush. And because literally after this, we saw this movie, like, I don't think we ever talked again, but we did hold hands. <laughs> so. Fairly sure this is the first movie that I saw Jason Voorhees in. Like, yeah. because, because we've talked about this on our podcast, but the sandwich scene is the kill that I know Jason for. Like when I, yes. when someone's like, think of Jason, the first kill that pops into my head is that kill. So I'm like fairly sure this was the first one that I'd seen with him in it. Um, Cause all of the, all the big horror movies I've watched in very strange orders. Like I never started yeah. with like the first one right, and went right, through right. it. So it's like starting at number four and then going backwards, yada, yada, yada. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, we'll get into it, but my first introduction to Jason Voorhees was Jason X. So. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> low, I have low expectations. <laughs> Ew. Okay, well, so now that we got our little connections out of the way, why don't we get into a synopsis of Freddy vs. Jason? Yes. Cool, cool. Freddy vs. Jason, released in 2003, written by Damian Shannon and Mark Swift, directed by Ronnie Yu. Freddy Krueger, reprised by Robert England, is trapped in hell and he is heated that Springwood has figured out a way to keep the children from remembering him, rendering him powerless, unable to kill them in their sleep. He laments, looking back at his murderous spree from the 80s and 90s. Determined to make the children of Springwood remember and fear him once again, Freddy locates Jason Voorhees, played by Ken Scherzinger. What does that say? <laughs> Scherzinger? <laughs> of the Pussycat Doll. <laughs> yes. yes, of Pussycat Doll fame. Ken Krizinger. Krizinger? Kersinger. Kersinger. Oh. There we go. Ken Kersinger. Freddy infiltrates his dreams. In Jason's dream, a naked young woman is seen getting ready to skinny dip in Crystal Lake. She sees Jason in the distance. Terrified, she runs into the lake's surrounding woods, hiding behind a tree. 
Jason finds her. He shoves his machete into her stomach, lifting her and pinning her to the tree. The woman morphs into various victims of Jason's dream world. Suddenly, Jason's mother, Pamela, appears, summoning him to rise again and slaughter the children of Springwood, as they have been very bad. Jason is resurrected. Still in the dream world, Pamela morphs into Freddy. Freddy has disguised himself as Jason's mother to wake him. Freddy's plan is to have Jason begin a new killing spree in Springwood, igniting the town's memory of Freddy so he can once again enact his revenge in their nightmares. Yes. All right. <laughs> what an opening. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. That's opening. for sure. <laughs> it was an interesting choice to start with, like, basically just Freddy narrating I know. the first five minutes of this movie. <laughs> Jason does not get this kind of intro. Like, we get a whole montage yeah. of, like, really cool Freddy deaths from the Nightmare series. And when Jason's introduced, it's just, like, his mask. And it goes, <laughs> yeah, but it's nothing exciting. He's a man of few words. He doesn't need them. He's, <laughs> he's a man of action. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, did you notice, like, when the New Line Cinema thing came up, they, like, melded the two. Oh, like, I loved it. I do like that. Like, so, like, the New Line Cinema logo comes up, and it's, like, a mix of the Nightmare theme music, and then with the ch ch from yeah. Jason. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, all right. They're trying to give them like equal footing, right? Mm-hmm. But then we get yeah. into it, and then this is like for sure Jason is a supporting character in this film. It feels like a nightmare movie that just features Jason. Yeah, right? It it does. It's like Jason wandered onto the set and they were like, <laughs> yeah. We can put you in the movie if you want. Yeah. And I mean, because it's the thing about it is that I forget about this movie is Freddy doesn't really get that many kills in it. Majority of it is yeah. Jason, but Freddy is really built up in this movie to be the big bad. And he's sure. like the main villain that everybody's really worried about. Even when Jason's like slaughtering people, everybody's like, but Freddy, we got to yeah. get rid of Freddy. And I'm like, mm. I feel yeah, like I mean, you could give both of them some time. <laughs> yeah. It's really tough though. Like when you think about it, like how do you balance these two huge franchises with such a huge fan base like for each well, I have a know? suggestion right away I feel like <laughs> if they were going to give Freddy this montage of all these kills that he did in his series I felt like when he was like I found someone to continue mm. you know to reignite my legacy that that was a cool opportunity to like for him to describe Jason and yeah. show some of Jason's kills because it's like, these are the two. I can only imagine how exciting this was as an audience member from the 80s being like, oh my God, these movies that I watched growing up, it, like they're head to head because they totally exist in the same universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then to come to the movie and be like, oh, like, where's my Jason at? Like, when does he show up? <laughs> well, you know? I, I would devil's advocate that and say the fact that Jason has like all of the good kills in this movie yeah. could be the could be the flip to that. Sure. It's cause like Freddie gets all the like screen time and narration, but when it comes to like getting shit done, Jason's the one who's going in there and wrecking everybody's whole world up. That's yeah. true. Uh, that's yeah. a good point. So maybe yeah. that's like how they they balanced it. They're like, okay, Freddie, he likes to talk. Jason doesn't say much obviously yeah Jason likes to kill and I do I will say though I do like that Jason's dream world is just him like continuously murdering people at Crystal Lake and we just get this very 80s you know chase sequence with this girl like 
I do like that. It's very blue. Yeah. This movie is very blue as well. <laughs> like oh, very blue. Sure. Even the yeah. cover was blue. The posters were blue. Everything's <laughs> blue. <laughs> <laughs> so we yeah. So we have this girl. She's um you know she's getting naked. First five mm-hmm. seconds she's on screen. So this is very uh, true to the source material. You know, we always start off with a, not start off, but, you know, there's nudity that is rampant throughout these films. So I get it. I get why they, uh, they decide to start with this, but it's also sort of funny. It's like, okay, here we go. It's of the times. It's of the the times times. for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, women are just naked fodder Mm -hmm. for the kill. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that this is a nice plot point, though. I mean, with all the, the possibilities that Freddy vs. Jason could have been, I really do like the meld of, you know, these has-beens um, being, <laughs> uh, like, forgotten about and Freddy being like, I need them to remember me. And he grabs Jason to sort of... I think this is the best way they were ever going to put these sure. two mm-hmm. characters together. Right, especially mm-hmm. because they, like, went through many, many different versions of this script i mean i guess they like tried several different writers and like nothing was working there were some really weird like storylines they attempted with like cult members who were obsessed with um worshiping freddy bringing him back and you know just things like that yeah fred heads is what they were going to be called (laughs) and so yeah there were some like strange iterations of this story and they finally settled on this one which i'm like okay if they're gonna bring it back this is this is a this is a creative way to do it right uh, it honestly makes the most sense like as ridiculous as the movie is it makes the most sense that this would be the only way for them to really be involved with each other and it's you know freddie would have freddie would have always been the one who would have had to make some kind of connection and pull yeah. Jason in somehow. So like, mm-hmm. I, I, I get where yeah. they're coming from. It actually is like a good setup for what happens. If not a little, like, Freddy's really <laughs> banking on the idea that people at Spring Winter still, you know, sprung on him and still yeah, he worried it. about him. Cause really Jason could have rolled up and people could have been like, oh, it's someone else. And they could have not, not even mentioned Freddy. <laughs> So he was really mm-hmm. banking on them still being obsessed with him. So, And they are. So he wasn't wrong. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> this explanation of... Because, you know, at the end of Jason Goes to Hell, there there's that infamous ending where it's his hockey mask and, like, the sand or the dirt. And Freddy's glove comes up and grabs it. And they even show that clip. And don't they don't show that clip they in don't this show movie, that clip. do they? No. Mm-hmm. That's so stupid. They should have. I know. But, so, uh, but then there was Jason X in between the... the so, like... It, in his dreamland, like Erica said, where he's constantly just killing people. So it's like, do you think that Jason X was just a dream? <laughs> well, Jason X would take place after this. <gasps> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's like a space age future movie. You think this happened between <laughs> then? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, was, I thought it was a good way to kind of write it off. Like, he's just been sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people consider this to be, like, after... Now, if you wanted to say that it was really a part of the timeline, it's, like, after the third uh, Nightmare movie and then right after Jason Goes to Hell is, like, oh. where it's, like, placed 
time-wise, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, good For people that don't like the later right. <laughs> nightmare movies, they're oh. like, nah, it ends at Dream Warriors, and then it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to make your own fan plot line, like, I was kind of looking through, and that, that was the one that I saw the most consistently, as people were, like, putting it around there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I guess people just don't even want to acknowledge the other ones. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Something that's really profound in this opening is uh, a profound. Profound? Girl, I was like, girl, what? <laughs> pronounced. <laughs> pronounced. Something that's really pronounced in this opening is the style of Ronnie Yu, who's the director. Mm-hmm. Because he, before this, we kind of were introduced to him, I feel like, through Bride of Chucky. And mm-hmm. this feels very of yes. that like yeah. nature like uh, there's like a camp almost to it that yeah there's almost that like elevates a, it makes it surreal yeah like almost like a cartoon quality to it mm-hmm. it's a little cartoony mm-hmm. yeah right yeah there's some parts of it where i'm like this looks like an anime <laughs> yeah <laughs> i kind of felt like it was a weird feeling but i felt like i was watching a marvel movie while oh. watching this. Okay, yeah. Like, like an extreme it, it, epic. Yeah, like if you take out the it's supposed to be a horror movie and kind of watch it just like an action flick between the two, it kind of plays out a lot like a lot of the yeah. comic book movies do. Absolutely. Where it's like origin stories, uh-huh. then they meet and then clash and then big finale and then you're done. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, this is the Avengers for sure. Of, <laughs> the Avengers of horror, of horror movies. <laughs> Especially the violence in it. It's so fast paced and, mm-hmm. and like things are consistently flying yeah. or there's like a, an intense zoom in on it and the amount of blood that sprays everywhere. Yeah. Like it, it for, even with this first one where he kills the girl and it, this is like so <laughs> fantastical that you're like, <laughs> All right, yeah, we're not even in the realm of yeah. reality anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely not. And speaking of, oh, so that kill scene, and then after that happens, we get reintroduced to Pamela Voorhees, and I'm like, who the hell is this woman? <laughs> they didn't even fucking try. They, didn't, they did not even try to find something that looked like that woman. They said they asked the original one to come back, and she was like, Miss Betsy Palmer. She was like, No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you would think that Freddie would be Pamela a lot more in this movie, like, he yeah. would, you know, go in and try and talk to Jason, but he really doesn't. It's mainly yeah. just this beginning, and then like a little bit later on, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't. But like I, I mean, I don't mind her being kind of brought back. I like that she has like this like stranglehold over Jason, and mm-hmm. he's really a softy and a mama's boy at heart. So yeah, and it's a nice callback to how the the series started too. Yeah, I still, mm-hmm. I, I still don't understand how Jason got so fucking big. <laughs> oh my god, I know he just got fucking jerked, bro, in the afterlife. <laughs> Mama's love, just treat him right. He just yeah. got big. Yeah. She's feed, she's feeding him good. <laughs> feeding him down uh. there in hell. <laughs> Jason arrives on Elm Street. We are reintroduced to 1428 Elm Street, now owned by Lori Campbell, played by Monica Kina, and her widowed father, Dr. Campbell, played by Tom Butler. He has no first name, you guys. Oh my <laughs> god. Dr. Campbell. His name is Doctor. Also, I 100% was convinced that Monica Kina was Brittany Murphy for the majority of my life. Really? Soft and pouty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We meet Lori as she has a girls' night with her friends, Kia, played by Kelly Rowland oh of God. Destiny's Child fame. 
And Gib, played by Catherine Isabel. Scream Queen. Scream yes, queen. we love Catherine. Gib's asshole boyfriend Trey, played by Jesse Hutch, <laughs> shows up with his friend Blake, played by David Cobb. The group is attempting to hook up Blake with Lori. Lori isn't ready to date as she's never been able to get over her ex-boyfriend Will, played by Jason Ritter. Will has seemingly moved away, never attempting to contact Lori. Trey and Gib make their way upstairs to have sex. After, Gib washes off in the shower while Trey lays in bed. Jason has entered the room. He slams his machete into Trey's back, then sandwiches Trey in half by collapsing the bed together. <laughs> oh my god. A kill gets me every time. Yeah, it this does one is like real brutal. <laughs> it doesn't get any less gruesome. Oh it's god. the way his body is like when it's crunched when together. Mm-hmm. And then no, and he's like, oh <laughs> when it happens. <laughs> It's, have you guys ever seen the behind the scenes footage of it uh-uh. oh my god it is so funny the actor <laughs> jesse had she's basically just like laying there and like lay, like leaning and then standing up and it, it looks painful but it's not and that body under there cl- claymation <laughs> 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 it looks so fake but in the movie it looks really good it looks yeah. it does look good mm-hmm. The group runs into the street screaming. They find Deputy Scott Stubbs, played by Lachlan Monroe, patrolling the neighborhood. Of scary movie fame. (laughs) Of of scary movie fame? (laughs) Bobby's baby dick. (laughs) (laughs) At the police station, the group is taken in for questioning. After overhearing several police officers accidentally discussing the possible return of Freddy, Lori falls asleep and has a dream of seeing some of Freddy's young victims and a trio of jump roping girls chanting the classic Freddy rhyme that homies of horror love so much. (laughs) Cinderella dressed in yellow. (laughs) (laughs) That's on it. Did it, you guys had like a whole episode. What episode was it that you put in the whole rhyme? Was it oh, it was there? our like, it was our original Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street one when we <laughs> talked about that. I'm so, mm-hmm. that rhyme is at like top five I, bars. I, it's yeah. <laughs> straight up heat. Yes, spitting fire. Freddie pops out unexpectedly, scaring Lori and allowing him to gain some power back. Blake has returned home, mourning the death of Trey. Freddy then tries to attack Blake, but he isn't strong enough yet, so he decides to let Jason have some fun. (laughs) Blake then awakens to find his father beheaded, sitting next to him, and is a moment later killed by Jason. An unusual amount of blood splattering on the walls. (laughs) Got a little Tarantino towards that part. Yeah, honestly. Literally, it's a kill bill. It's, I, I actually really like that. I really like that scene. I'm like, oh, this is great. This feels like a proper, like, mm-hmm. callback to 80s, like, horror, like, slasher mm-hmm. horror. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I appreciate totally. that. I, and you know what? I love practical effects. I think that they are yeah. heads and tails better than um, CGI. So, yeah. Totally. I'm living for the squirting. Oh, wait. this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. Pardon me. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my gosh. Now you guys see what I have to put up. With. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so this section starts we go back to elm street which i'm like why does anybody still live on elm street like how is that just not bulldozed at this point mm. especially that house but you know what the only two people that have lived in that house are nancy and jesse really yeah. oh that's true but that's two people too not too much already <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, you especially with how much we see in this film that people like the adults of this movie are still continuously yeah. like scared of Freddy and trying to keep that under the wrap. Why do you still put this house up for sale? Yeah, and why do you still honestly. allow people to move into it? Like, and why do you still live there? Like the best plan would be to spread out, you know? Like, right. if, do you guys think? Do you guys think Nancy's diary is still in there? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> god, I hope so. Or that fucking parakeet body, the parakeet, the parakeet. <laughs> a single feather. But so. Okay, so we when we meet the girls, yeah. What? I have never played fuck Mary kill and said people like Larry Curly and Mo. <laughs> I, I was like, what kind what of fun this? game is this? Or Scooby Doo? Or Scooby Doo? <laughs> or Scooby Doo? I was like, not Scooby Doo. Like, <laughs> Scooby Shaggy. Yeah, the level the level of thirst in this friend group is like cartoony Literally. because. <laughs> I do yes. not I I do not understand the the setup with Kia trying to get her friend with him because you he's clearly clearly a fucking weirdo. Yes. Like why why are you pushing your friend like no 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 just go yes. sleep with him come so on hard. it's been so long. She is full on uncomfortable. <laughs> She's like yeah. Yes, she's so uncomfortable. She's like I'm not not only do I hate this guy's guts but like I'm not even attracted to him so I'm, I yeah. don't want to have sex with him. And Kia's like immediately like well and invites the guy to go up into her bedroom yeah. and yeah. is basically taking off to... Lori's clothes. I'm like, can you give her some breathing space? Yeah, seriously. I don't understand. Uh, once we find out who has a crush on Kia, I'm like, okay, well, why don't you go with him and take him up to the room? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. <laughs> oh my it's God. Just such, this group of friends is so strange too, because oh. then it's like, so when the boyfriend, when uh, Gibbs' boyfriend Trey gets there, what kind of party is this where you have know. two friends grinding on each other, your other friend is lighting candles, and then you're being accosted on the couch, and then you let your two friends go up to what looks like your dad's room <laughs> to have sex mm-hmm. in his bed? That what? just sounds like a Friday night to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about these slasher movies from the 80s to the early 2000s where they cast older people to play teenagers mm-hmm. and they write the parts for old, the older age. They don't write right. them for teenagers. So in no universe does this make sense. <laughs> I know. Even when she's like, Kia's like explaining to her, she's like, you are 14 years old. I'm like, oh my God, we're talking about literal children here. Who's 14? Having these like... <laughs> relationship issues doesn't she say that no so she says oh you and will dated when you were 14 so i think they're supposed to be like 17 18 in this movie yeah exactly what i'm just saying like like when they were 14 like obviously that wasn't that long ago just like yeah these these, like 17 year olds are like talking about these ridiculous things like you need to find a man and all like what you're 17 shut up I know. Oh, do you your know homework. What? I do have to say the the most unrealistic part of this scene is when Gib Gib is smoking that cigarette and she throws it out of the window and it hits Jason's mask. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> she threw that shit like a fucking football. <laughs> the writing is just really weird with these characters, like Feng Shui 
I think by weird you mean bad. Like yeah. the writing is so bad. bad. Yeah, literally. Get. <laughs> Gib tells um, her boyfriend to not be a total cocksmith. Cocksmith. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh. And he is talking about having a nose job. I'm like, yeah. not this nose Immediately, job. Immediately, look, <laughs> this is my biggest, this whole nose job subplot yeah. is a crime against humanity. And I feel <laughs> like they should not have let our good sis, Kelly Rowland, have to even speak these lines. No. And say these ridiculous things. I forgot how bad of a friend. Kia is such a weird character because she's really not that good of a friend. But no. then all of a sudden, all of a sudden at the end, she's like willing to sacrifice herself. But yeah. in this very beginning, I'm like, I would kick her out of my house so fast if she was my friend. Like, <laughs> so Gregory, disrespectful. You gotta go. I'm so sorry. You, you gotta got to get. You have to get the fuck out of here because you're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> like, please go. We go upstairs, we follow uh, Gib and Trey as they start just like going to town on each other. With the door open. As and with do. the door fully open. You don't do that. You do that with your friends when they come over, right? All the time. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh it's a, this is basically a documentary at this point. I was like, yeah, that's, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely, yeah. This is a reality show for sure. And then, <laughs> well, like 10, 10, 10 minutes in and the nudity is already overdone. Like, I understand that it's like a callback to 80 slashers, but like yeah. Catherine Isabel strictly had it in her contract that she would not do nudity and they made her character still be nude. And yeah. she's pissed. So she's I'm like, like mm-hmm. but she, I mean, luck, the, I mean, it is a body, it's a body double. It is a body but, double. But she was like, yeah, they're like, she was like pissed when she found out. People are like, going to think that's her. Right. Of course. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they're like, She's like, what? I have to be naked? I thought I said I don't want to be naked. For no reason, really. Because you think that she would be naked when they're having sex, but you don't see her naked when they're having sex. You see her naked in the shower. Yeah, just like at a bunch of shower. Like, they needed that shower. Like, do they needed that? Yeah. Did they needed that? Wow. Did they they needed that? (laughs) Um... (laughs) Also, um, this, so we kind of talked about the sandwich. This is really an iconic kill. I think this is the most iconic kill of the movie. Yeah. And it was actually, when you watch the behind the scenes, it was filmed in slow motion and they just sped it up, which makes sense because it does look a little weird, like mm-hmm. timing wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a great kill. I love it's, this one. Yeah. Just totally just hamburger style. Just, <laughs> just. <laughs> so, it's so creative and so unexpected too, because yeah. like once he kills him, I remember the first time I saw that scene being like, okay, he's dead. And then Jason was like, hold my fucking machete and decided to do some extra curricular shit to yeah. portray. I mean, hey. granted, Trey, Trey was trash, but like <laughs> still. Right. But no, Jason put his petty boots on for this thing. He, did. he didn't have to do them like that. He was dead, basically. And, and he was like, like, you know what? The, the <laughs> detail the detail in like the practical effects when it's like showing from underneath the bed and you're seeing the machete going mm-hmm. and you see like the guts like almost like prolapses through yeah. the fucking, through the thing it's like meat is also coming through I'm like oh my god that is so brutal yeah, but I it love looks it. so good but I love though one of my favorite parts of this movie is all of them running out oh, screaming yeah. into the street after <laughs> oh, yeah. like just the cut to them all running out screaming. Yeah. I don't know why it, like it makes me laugh every time, but it's just I don't know why I like that scene so much. And then they run up to the cop car. Yeah, the convenient and he's like, cop car. Do you guys car. need help? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
so then we have this moment in the police station and this is where I said it's kind of like anime-ish when like you know like Monica Kina her features are so big like she has these big eyes she looks like a cartoon character she does and she has this moment where she's like where they're like Freddy Krueger you know she overhears them and she's like I heard a name what was <laughs> yeah. it and she's like leaning over and she's like and her eyes get big and it's like a little zooms anime. on her like, face like, <laughs> yeah and she's like and then it goes into a, the dream. I love it though. I, yeah, I, really, I really love like this because it's like campy. Oh my god! Yeah. But you know what's I, you know what I can't stop looking in that at though in the scene are her freaking boobs, man. Like in that her boobs sweater. are out this entire movie. Yeah, because then they like, put her the, into that corset shirt. Yeah, so later like, on <laughs> they made sure How to emphasize thousands. her boobs. Yes, it's so of the times where they like padded her fucking bra, so, like to where her uh, boobs are like, was, stiff. <laughs> respectfully looking at her eyes the entire time. Right, 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 right. You will not right. hear me say otherwise. Right. It's just, it just so funny. Like, every is, tiny yeah. little sweater they give her, you're just like, I see what you're doing there. But you know what I've noticed? Yeah. What I notice in this section is that this movie does a lot is... I feel like there are so many scenes that we could have had or would have been nice to see that we don't see that we're told of, we're told about happened. Like this interrogation that she goes through where they're like asked her about her dreams and stuff. We don't see that scene happen. We just hear her say, what was that about? Why are they asking me about my (laughs) dreams? It's like, we're, it's like they didn't want the, the runtime to be like any more than the hour and a half. That they're like, do you know what? Yeah. We'll just have the characters fill in the blanks with the, with these things, and it's the first of many times that happens in this movie. And I do find it kind of weird. I I agree with the choice though to keep that runtime short. True, the true. longer it goes, longer it goes, yeah. th- that novelty wears off real quick. Yeah, but you know what? I I don't mind not being passed up, but I do kind of mind that there are a whole new group of people that Jason right. and Freddie have allegedly killed that we never yes. like. Like Mark's brother died from Freddy. It's like, how are we ever gonna know that? I wasn't. An, they're not characters from previous movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Later on, they again just start like expecting us to comprehend this whole story. It's almost as if another movie happened. I remember seeing this and thinking like, wow, I really need to go watch the movie that came before this. And you come to find out. Me too. I know we haven't really gotten to this sec- part of the, sec- the movie yet, but like this whole backstory with like Will and all these people, mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm-hmm. what? Wait, is there another movie I'm missing? But it's not really the case. It's just them telling us all this whole backstory as if there's a whole other movie that happens. And I'm like, that's so bizarre to me. Like, it makes, it makes it kind of hard to understand sometimes. Like, it took me yeah. a few times to, to watch it to be like, oh, this is what's happening. It, it really felt like they just knew they had an okay premise of, like, how they we got these two people into the same movie. And then they just ran with that because you're like, yeah. you know what? We're not going to try and push this script any further than we have to. Right. <laughs> get them get them in the same movie, get them killing people, and then get them fighting. That's like all we're trying to do here. That's true. Um, That's true. At, at the sacrifice of a lot of important key plot points <laughs> yes. that... Yeah. You just have to kind of let go because they don't exist. Agre- yeah, no, absolutely. That's obviously like where their their train of thought was, which is good because it's like that's what people came to see: Freddy versus Jason, not Monica's backstory. Like, mm-hmm. so not Miss Monica, not Miss Monica. <laughs> not Miss Monica. <laughs> oh, sorry, Lori, whatever her name is. <laughs> oh, that's another funny thing is that they definitely do like a sort of meta thing, like Lori Campbell. 
Oh, yeah. This is clearly Laurie Strode and Nev Campbell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And you're like, oh, this is not the same level. Weird. Yeah, and she is is neither of those. She She is nothing of the sort. She does have a great screen. (laughs) Yeah. I will give that to her. Sure. That's that's generous of you. I actually think that this cast is pretty decent. No? (laughs) The silence. I'm sorry. I will say I'll I'll say this. I think they're decent at what they have to like play. Sure. If that makes sense. Like whatever yeah. whatever role they're playing in the movie, I think they all do it really well. Yeah. Just some of those roles are fucking weird. And yeah. like yeah. they just don't they don't really seem like real people. Yeah. But they, yeah, nothing really feels like yeah, like re- these all feel like cartoon characters or I don't know, something about it just yeah, they don't feel natural. Mm-hmm. This next section for me is when we meet some of the best characters in my yes. opinion or the okay. best and the best played okay. characters personally it, which it's like funny because they're not even a part of the main <laughs> crew and <laughs> right. most of them die fairly quickly but i i think this next section is like the strongest character wise for me at least nice okay well <laughs> let's get into it Cut to Weston Hills Psychiatric Hospital, where Will, along with his friend Mark, played by Brendan Fletcher, are patients. They are among the kids of Springwood who have memories of Freddy, therefore, they have been placed in Weston Hills as a way of quarantining Freddy's power. They are given an experimental drug called Hypnosil, a dream suppressant. In the hospital's rec room, Will catches a glimpse of a news report on TV announcing a murder at Lori's address. Will wants to break out of the hospital to check on her. That night, Mark goes on a wild running spree, running around the hospital, shaking his ass. <laughs> As he is detained by security, he manages to take the keys from one of the hospital's supervisors. Will and Mark escape. Back in Springwood, in order to avert the suspicion of Freddy's return, the police claim that Blake killed Trent, his father, and then committed suicide. Lori gets ready to go to school. She appears very sleepy. Um, this, I, sorry, just to say this scene, does it feel like Lori is flirting with her dad? Yes. Or is that just oh my me? God. Ew. Yes. I even wrote, I was like, is there gross dad stuff in this movie? I was like, this okay. is, oh. Okay. Like, yeah. We'll come back to that. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to check in because yes. I felt that as well. Yes. 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 Uh. Her dad prepares her a glass of orange juice. We see him drug it with hypnosil. Lori refuses the juice and meets Kia and Gib at school. A group of kids pass out flyers for a raid happening later that night. Lori tells Kia and Gib that she thinks the murders have a connection with the man in her dreams. She recalls the name she heard at the police station, Freddy Krueger. Will and Mark show up at the school. Lori, shocked to be reunited with Will, dramatically faints. Will and Mark run off. Anyone else notice really quickly, sorry, how no one had anything to do at school other than listen to this group story? These extras, (laughs) these extras had one note and that was watch the main characters. You are, you are supporting, react to the main characters. They are invested in the story of these kids. They know the background. They know everything. Because they're like, what? They are so invested. If this took place at my school, there would have full on been a character that said, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Blocking Ooh. the whole hallway. Nobody had to get to class. And they had ample time to sit there and listen to Mark's whole story. 
I was like, all right. And in the meantime, Mark and Will were able to go home and change into their cute clothes. Like, you know, he had his cute like plaid with his like denim jacket. I was like, did they just escape from yeah. a fucking institution? He had a little like, glow up in between. Yeah, he, had to, yeah. he was going to see his girl. He had true. to look good. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Kia waits, waits for, for Lori in the nurse's office. She rifles through a magazine about plastic surgery as she is interested in a nose job. Freddie appears in the magazine, shoving two of his blades into Kia's nose. As she screams, Freddie pulls her nose right off her face. Kia awakens, it was only a dream, and luckily, Freddie is still too weak to have actually harmed her. Later, Lori, Kia, and Gib attend the rave, which is being hosted in the middle of a cornfield. Will arrives, reuniting with Lori, catching her up with his time at Weston Hills, but he has a dark secret as to how he ended up there. Gib drunkenly passes out in the middle of the cornfield. A raver lit up with glow sticks attempts to rape her. Meanwhile, Gib dreams of Freddy's boiler room lair. Freddy chases her throughout, and she hides in a locker. When Freddy finds her, he attempts to slash her with his infamous bladed glove, but before he can, Gib's chest explodes and she disappears from the dream. Freddy is pissed! Jason has stabbed Gib by shoving a giant pole through the back of the raver and into Gib's chest. He flings the raver off of Gib before infiltrating the party. Jason goes on a rampage around the rave, killing multiple party builders. Yes. Okay. I'm... We... Okay. I just need to get this out of the way. This... <laughs> this scene with Kia... And Freddie saying, got your nose, haunts oh. my dreams. It's so <laughs> stupid and so ridiculous. And I can't believe they left it in the movie. <laughs> like, they did. <laughs> like, I don't understand the point of, like, I, I guess it's like, when you look back at the other Nightmare on Elm Street films, they're very much the same way, where some person has a specific thing about them, mm -hmm. and that is going to ultimately lead to their demise. And so it was like, they're like, mm, maybe we can have her character obsessed with plastic surgery. And so like, she's going to have some plastic surgery moments, you know, just like the weightlifting girl and like, you know, all this other shit, right. the other movies. But yeah, it is yeah. ridiculous. And... <laughs> It does feel a little out of place for me. Like, I felt like they added it because there wasn't enough Freddy action. Yeah. yeah. To, like, break up that little section where there's, like, kind of yeah. nothing happening. Right. Mm -hmm. It's so strange. I do love her reaction, <laughs> though, when she wakes up and she throws the magazine across. <laughs> <laughs> so this section begins like, at this institution where we meet Will and Mark. And this mm -hmm. is, again, what we were talking about earlier, where I'm like, this is where I'm like, wait, who? why are these characters in an institution? Who are they? Like, was I supposed to know who they were first? It's like, it just feels like we're starting in the middle of their story, which we are. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it feels like we should know why they're there or who they are. And we don't. Yeah. Yet, which is just such a bizarre storytelling device. I, it, yeah, I think that that's why it makes sense if you watch, if people wanted to do that where they watch this after Dream Warriors. Yeah. Because then you could tie in like the Hypnosil. Yeah. You could tie in like the psychiatric Western hospital Hills. a little right. bit and exactly. it maybe yeah. kind of like ties over but in this one it's like yeah they've taken it way further where they're like purposefully yeah putting people there but we of course don't know that yeah we quite don't know yet. yet yeah i wish they would like have just made that direct connection between the third one but yeah. part of me almost thinks that like 
they couldn't or like they didn't want to because they didn't want this movie or they weren't sure if they really wanted this movie to be canon or not. I, that's the huh, yeah. that's that's the vibe that I got where they were like, we want to do this movie, but just in case it's actually hot garbage, we don't want to <laughs> be like this is yeah. nightmare four technically. I, I right. think they were trying to teeter that line, but it makes stuff like will and mark really confusing yeah exactly it's like they're like if this is garbage we can disown it easily because <laughs> mm -hmm. same thing as you jake like i had never seen all of the nightmare on elm street movies and i still have not and I, so i always thought it, you know when i was younger now i know what the other movies are about even if i haven't watched them but before i used to think that will and mark were literally characters yeah. in some of the nightmare movies yeah exactly mm -hmm. and they're not and so it's just confusing <laughs> Yeah, speaking of which, Mark is one of the better characters in this movie for me. Um, I think that he, compared to everyone, really stands out. And mm -hmm. I I don't know, just the way that he, like, deals with the situation, even though he gets taken out fairly quickly, yeah. unfortunately, the way that he deals with a lot of the situations... It, it almost feels more in tune to the the previous nightmare movies right yeah like you know mm -hmm. once the character kind of figures out what's going on and they're like trying to fight back against that so yeah, i think I, that's why i like his character and will will's not bad either it's just they don't really give him very much to do besides to be in love with Lori. right which exactly. is like unfortunate because he's True. a good actor as well yeah jason ritter like it's pretty good they give mark this backstory of his brother dying and him mm -hmm. being upset about that and I mean, spoiler alert, because we haven't gotten there yet, but when Mark dies, it's like, why was why build up this character and then kill him off so quickly? And the rest of the characters that we actually follow their journey, we know nothing about. I'm mm. like, okay. Like, weird. what's his name? Uh, the stoner guy? Like, what? Freeberg. <laughs> Freeberg. Oh, yeah. Freeberg, yeah. Freeberg. Linderman. Like, I would rather have had Mark be a, a bigger part of the finale than... Yeah, Freeberg, because yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just a much more compelling I, character. He is the best actor in the movie too. Yeah. Brendan Fletcher does yeah, a great job for sure. He did fart on cue, so I mean, oh my god, <laughs> so he nailed it. That's so he deserved all of, them, all of the money he got for it. I will say the character of Linderman. Um, I have a soft spot in my heart for him because I really like the actor. He was on this show that I used to watch all the time called The Strong Medicine. And so when this movie came out, I just like, even though he's playing a totally different character because it was the actor, I was like, oh, I just love him so much. So <laughs> I like his character for that reason, even though he's like just the nerd that's also in love with Lori. <laughs> of course. Like mm -hmm. why everybody is in love with Lori. Apparently. Of course, of course. Wait, he's been in something. I feel like I remember him playing like the younger brother in something. Is he's he in oh that movie with Ryan Reynolds. Yes, um, yes. Um, just friends. My best friends. friends or just friends. Yes, yes he yes, plays the annoying friends. brother that's obsessed with Anna Ferris. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was like, I know yes. this actor, and I've heard that scream. I kind of think it's out of character for Kia to be so upset that they're pinning this murder on Blake. Like, did you guys notice that? That's a horrible writing tool. Like, it was like, she gets her, this is so fucked up! This is so fucked up! I'm like, damn! Mm -hmm. She's yeah. pissed! Yeah, like, why? He's heated. Is it, is it a subplot that she was actually really vibing Blake? 
and like yeah that must because be. like, the they way we're gonna have a thing yeah she's like all right maybe they don't work out but if they don't maybe i could hit that or some shit like that i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> yeah exactly but then we get this kind of this other subplot with kia and linderman which is honestly yeah. the real smackdown of the movie uh because they like <laughs> they like go toe to toe with each other the whole movie and then we find out that they actually you know have a soft spot for each yeah. other it's mm-hmm. so weird because it's like they hate each other right linderman basically reads her for phil yeah and then two seconds <laughs> later kia's like let's dance let's and dance. it's okay <laughs> with him like now they're great and it's such a weird switch i feel like they maybe could have like maybe made it where they weren't so mean to each other so that it like like they they were at least because if i was linderman i would have been like fuck you bitch i'm not dancing to you like (laughs) you ruined my you're ruining my life (laughs) you mean are you sure you're gonna be able to dance with all that makeup weighing you down (laughs) that makeup weighing your head down (laughs) yeah they're like have this like catty like fucking library session over each other it's just so funny and and random jake you you mentioned will and mark like wearing these clothes but also why would they show up to the school and make this big ass scene when um they're oh trying to, to lay low wanted fugitives and, yeah <laughs> literally yeah yeah it was just like yeah they are so stupid <laughs> that's the only way i could describe and it. this is this is one of the this line irrit- has always irritated me when Mark says, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Do you know why they say that? Because that's when he's coming for you. It's like, f- of course. Yeah, oh my God. I didn't even notice how bad that line was until you repeated it. Oh, it drives me crazy every time. Because it's like, why would you write like, hello, do you know what that means? It means hello. Like, why would you write <laughs> something like that? <laughs> I was too distracted by him parting the Red Sea of students <laughs> and doing his slow walk, and everybody just and everybody just letting it happen. No one is intervening. Don't let him speak. Let him speak. <laughs> let him speak. <laughs> I was too distracted thinking, "Wow, the extras playing the high school students are also in their 30s. Yeah, <laughs> I know. They're so they also about. have mortgages. Yeah, yeah and they're just like. <gasps> Yeah, I'd be like, boo, nothing to see here. Move on. But please. Okay. There is a deleted scene in the movie that I guess they deleted probably for time, but they should have deleted it because it makes no sense. So the school (laughs) scene happens and Lori faints, right? And she's like, Mm -hmm. like, like the pink Power Ranger. Remember when Tommy showed back up as the White Ranger? (laughs) Oh my God. Um, So so it was that moment for me. But okay, so after this, they go to that rave and there's this whole like maybe 15 minutes of scenes between Kia, Gib, and Lori where they're like, they're going to pick up Lori and she comes out of her house like like skipping and da, da, da. And she's like, are you guys ready for the this party? And they're like, yeah, woo! Oh my God. And they're like driving and they're like having this really light conversation and I'm like, she was just in the nurse's office because she fainted. She was like having a, a breakdown. She was like literally having like a sobbing breakdown. And, and it, now she's smiling going to a party. But then even though, even yeah. even in the movie when they get to the party, bitch, she is on that, that hood of that car she's just vibing. She's on the vibing. car. She's like, oh, mm-hmm, yeah. She looks like she's in like a, a 90s like yeah. music video, music video. Like, <laughs> a Jessica Simpson music video and she's like <laughs> oh swaying to the music like, Linderman's like I'm I'm surprised. yeah yeah that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> and Linderman's like wasn't expecting to see you here and she's like oh yeah 
I'm like, what? Yeah, what? Why? And you're, why aren't you trying to find Will? Like, isn't this crazy? Yeah, where's the trauma? Back up into your life. When Will shows up, she's like in tears talking to Will, like, what happened? Where? And he's like, I was in the mental hospital. And he's like, you know, there's a dark secret looming. And then Kia yeah. comes over. She's like, let's go shake our ass. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. They're like this yeah. is way more important. <laughs> What? And they put it off until they get home. Yeah. Like, what? Put a pin in it. Let's go dance. <laughs> we got. We really got to go grind. I mean, I'm yeah. sure for Will, he was like, yeah, let's dance. Because yeah. it's been a minute and it I was probably dance. Yeah. If it was peace up, A-Town, then I'd be on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. One more thing I was going to say about this party scene is that this movie has a way of, we talked about it before with Gibbs' boyfriend, Trey, he's now dead, that they make him this big asshole who's like horrible to Gibb, and then they kill him off in a really gruesome way, and so you're like, justified. And then the same thing happens to Gibb again when she's being raped by this light Bro. raver, this glow stick raver, and then they they also do the same thing with him. They kill him, and they fling him across the cornfield, but I'm like, you could have just left that out. That whole, like, like, just gone for her. Yeah. Instead of having, like... Yeah, yeah. It's really not necessary at all. And especially now that... When I was younger, obviously, watching that scene, I didn't really understand what was going on. Now that I'm older, the scene is... Because the important part of it, right, is that Gib dies and Jason killed it. That's all that matters. Right. And so... Was the rest Jason necessary? probably yeah. still would no, because Jason still would have killed her if he found her out there. He probably still would have done something to her. What kind of sucks is like because the there are some really cool things in the cornfield scene. Yeah, yeah. But this whole the whole sequence with Gib, I feel like is everything wrong with the writing of women in horror for yes. so many fucking years because she is just literally nothing but a victim. For like 20 minutes. Seriously. Like, it has no other, like, even, I mean, her character from the beginning is kind of just made to be a victim due to having a shitty boyfriend like Trey and all this stuff. But, like, even watching through the scene of her just being chased by Freddy and stuff like that, I was really just rolling my eyes because I'm like, they're not letting her fight back. They're not letting her do anything. She's just... Just she's being she's being she's she's just scared and she's being attacked both in her dream and in fucking real life too it's just like yo let her at least swing once before she goes out Seriously. yeah and it would have been nice because we have this whole setup earlier with trey being such an asshole to her it almost would have been nice if there was a moment where she tried to like when because freddie you know was pretending to be trey for like a minute there oh almost would have been nice if she had a moment where she like stood up for herself and then things took a turn but we never get that she still gets uh, like Ver- verbally abused verbally abused in her dream yeah. gets led to her death and then yeah and then also this horrible thing is happening in real life and then she dies and then it was like, that's oh, it. and like, that's, that's, bye, Gib. that's the Gib character for you. <laughs> yeah, like, and yeah. that's Gib. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> thanks for coming to that's set. That's a wrap on Catherine. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Please pick up your dignity and go. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Yeah. Like, why didn't they have her, like, just say no to dead Trey and Literally. be like, no, fuck you. I hated you. And, like, go off into the cornfield and then... Uh, and then Jason Freddy finds her. Yeah, or, and then, or like something, something like that. Where it's just like, no, fuck that. Like the fact that she goes back to Trey just makes absolutely 
no fucking sense. I don't care yeah. how drunk or whatever you want to say that she was. It just makes yeah. no... It, it, it's such stupid yeah. writing. It's like a, a bummer. bummer. <laughs> yeah, it's just an of-the-times writing moment that, thank God... I mean, that obviously we have miles and miles to go when it comes to how we write women. But um, yeah, let's not go back to this kind of stuff because no. it's unnecessary. We didn't need we didn't need to punish her so much and give her no like not even an ounce Nothing. of justice. Not a single redeeming quality. It's like yeah. what the fuck. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the scene right after was fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, <laughs> you talking about twisting flaming head? flaming yeah. Jason? Oh, I mean all of it, but flaming Jason <laughs> to me is one of the coolest scenes. Just also somebody who enjoys a lot of stunt stuff. Just knowing the fact that there was somebody lit on fire Literally. for like half a fucking hour walking through a cornfield with a flaming machete. Yeah. Oh. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Oh, like, oh, yeah. When that machete goes through that guy's chest and it's still on fire, I was like, this is grade A entertainment. <laughs> yes, this is for what sure. I think. slasher. This is yeah. what I bought the ticket for. Yeah, yeah. this is uh, Jason having watched Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And was like, <laughs> was like, yeah, you, you want me to one up that party scene? Here I go. Boop, boop, boop. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, and they did it with the dialogue, too. And that same character says, why don't you go find yourself a pig to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did Rob Zombie write this scene? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it is great though. That that and it's a really cool shot from up above where you watch yeah. him walking through the corn maze while he's on fire. But one thing, where did that guy get that tiki torch and why is oh it already my- on fire? Yeah. When he pulled it out. Right. And secondly, right. I love I love all those party goers who refuse to leave yes. even when Jason is like coming through kill. They're just standing by the beer table and Jason just turns around and like continues to kill them like you could run you literally if you want to you can go. give it a try <laughs> please try yeah this is what but... they're, they're like expecting us halloween kills to be like just hack and slash all these people <laughs> in, a, in a group setting who don't move back to some of the deleted scenes just real quick before we move on there's this one part where gib and um Gib and Trey, dead Trey, are talking, and she goes, oh my god, Trey, are you okay? And he goes, of course not, I have a fucking machete shoved up my ass. <laughs> I was like, they should have they should have left that in. Yeah, wait, wait, that part. In. <laughs> I was deleted, deleted. Oh, wow. On the cutting room floor. Wow, too bad. Cut all of his actual dialogue and just have him say that. Yeah. That would have been yeah. way better. Man. And the funny thing was that they didn't even show him saying it, they show her reacting to it. It was even funnier. And so, um, before we get to this next section, I just want to say, after all this horrible thing happens, uh, Lori and Kia and and, uh, Will, they all find, they find Gib dead. They're all sad. They're screaming. And then they just go home. And then they sort of like drop <laughs> drop each other off at just home. Go back to their lives. I was I was like thinking, yeah. I was like, is this what happens after you like witness a mass murder? You just go home. You just drop you your friend off. They're like good friends. That's like one of us dying, <laughs> yeah. and the rest of us being like, oh, oh. well, yeah. All right, yeah. well, next week we're doing this <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. Can you can you drive me through Taco Bell really quick? Yeah, on the literally. Way home? Like, it's what it feels like. It's just <laughs> so like they're like, okay, well, um call me tomorrow like, like what, what yeah. Yeah. you just you witnessed know, a they lot do say of that. you know you know when kia's like call me tomorrow yeah and they should have had her just with a bag of jack-in-the-box in her hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my god all right well let's get to this next section uh do you want me to do a regular or do you want 
the no, the you have style. to do your cinematic theatric voice. Okay. Alright, alright, alright. After the party, Will takes Lori home where he confesses the secret he's been hiding. Will was sent to Weston Hills because he witnessed Lori's dad murdering her mother. Because Dr. Campbell is a doctor at Weston, he had Will put in the hospital. Just then, Dr. Campbell finds them, yelling at Will to stay away from Lori and forcing her into the house. Lori confronts her dad asking if he's a doctor at Weston and if her mom really died in a car accident. Dr. Campbell explains he is a doctor at Weston Hills and that confession alone is enough to make Lori run away from the house to find Will. Afterward, Mark is home where he mourns the death of his brother years before. His brother's death was written off as a suicide, but Mark knows the truth. His brother was killed by Freddy. Mark makes his way to the bathroom in search of caffeine pills. <coughs> he sees a vision of his brother with slit wrists soaking in a blood-filled bathtub. His brother morphs into Freddy who tells Mark that he wants him to deliver a message. In reality, Lori and Will approach Mark's house, finding him asleep in his room. They yell through the window for Mark to wake up. Mark is thrown around the room. Slashes from Freddy's glove appear across his face. Suddenly, he is thrown against the wall, his shirt ripped open. A message appears, Burning into Mark's skin, it exclaims, Freddy's back. Later, Will and Lori gather a group consisting of Kia and two of their classmates, a stoner named Freeberg, played by Kyle Bean, and Charlie Linderman, played by Chris Marquette, who has a crush on Kia. <laughs> this is probably so much longer than you're used to. Like, it's like this is test. This is so testing it. This is a good practice. <laughs> Deputy Stubb also meets up with them as he has been very interested in their case, thinking the killer at large is a Camp Crystal Lake copycat. Together, they figure out Freddy's plan and discuss a way to defeat Freddy and Jason. But Lori falls asleep and is attacked by Freddy. As the group wakes her, she grabs Freddy's ear, bringing it into the real world. They now know they can pull Freddy out of the dream world and into reality. The group formulates a plan. They will take Jason back to Camp Crystal Lake and Lori will pull Freddy into the real world to fight Jason. Freddy will be vulnerable, and Jason, at home in Camp Crystal Lake, will have the home field advantage and remain in his territory and thus no longer terrorizing Springwood. But first, they need to make a pit stop at Weston Hills to stock up on Hypnosil. 
Yes! Oh my god, I feel honored okay, wait, that you did wait. that. Wait, is, is now a good time to announce that you're playing Ghostface Voice in Scream 5? Yes! <laughs> uh, somebody sends that contract my way by all means. Yeah, give Roger a break. It's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, okay, so Will tells Lori, right, why he was at really at Weston Hills. Right. And they get this huge argument, and then her dad comes out. Her dad, uh, I don't know. The vibes between Lori and her dad just make me feel. Oh, ugh. they're it just so gross. Me out. And I don't know it's if it's like, yeah. I don't know if it's her acting or something, but like, even when she's talking, she's like, she's kind of like biting her lip. She's like, oh, daddy. And breathing really hard. Oh, yeah. I just, oh, please, dad. It was like, oh, God. And, she, uh, and like, they like touch, they, I just feel like yes. they touch a lot. And like, she like touches his face. To. I was like, space, and he's like earlier, and he's like, drink your juice, and she's like, ah, I'm fine. Yeah, I don't need any juice. Yeah, this it's is like, Ugh. Daddy, I already told you, I'm fine. Yeah, this is. Like, so yeah, he tells their 17 year old daughter, "Hey, drink your juice." Like, yeah, what the fuck? that's so. Weird. That's already dastardly for sure. <laughs> it's so weird, and then yeah. yeah, so he's like grabbing her and like grabbing her and trying to get her back into the house and. Uh, I don't there's just like some weird tension and that's why later when Freddie kisses her and he like is yeah. taking the form of her dad I'm like yep that checks yeah. out yeah so then it, it yep. was intentional yeah. it was intentional they like wrote that into the script it for some reason be. again why it's so weird, it's so weird. Yeah, it's super and, and he, he looks like Robert England to me like uh. I when I was younger I thought this was Robert England out of drag oh my god <laughs> <laughs> One thing that we didn't really touch on, but we uh, they kind of talk about it in some of these previous sections, was this idea that like, s- like spreading the knowledge of Freddy and the fear of Freddy is like a virus. I kind of liked, I kind of liked that storyline. Like I kind of liked mm-hmm. that they used that. They're like, okay, everybody's forgotten about him, and then you know, Mark's you know intentions are actually backfire because now him letting people know that is like or know about freddy is what's gonna cause it um mm-hmm. i kind of like you know, that so weird i like that a lot but my issue with mark in that and all of that stuff is he was a very smart character especially in regards to freddy i felt like but it just took him way too long to realize that he fucked up true with spreading the information about freddy for how much he knew about like Freddy and like nah Freddy killed my brother. Uh, Freddy he attacks you in your dreams. One two he's coming for like he knew so much about Freddy, but he didn't know not to just yeah that's, not talk about Freddy. That is true. <laughs> like the the most key thing about him, he just had no clue that was a thing. He figures it out so quickly when he like mm-hmm. talks it out in the van. He's like. Oh shit! Yeah, no, nah, I fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally. Especially when Freddie's like, "I want you to send me a send a message." He's like, "Never." It's like it's, it's like you already, did. Already, you already did. You might as well just say yes. Wake up! <laughs> like you don't have to. Do, you know, it's like he's like, "Oh, I'll never do it." I'm like, Freddie can only exist in your dream. Like he doesn't. You don't have to do it once you wake up. You could just be like, "Yeah, I'll send the message." Wake up. Get some more caffeine pills. Yeah. And w- just wake, do your best. <laughs> wake aid. I love that. Wake aid makes me laugh. Yeah, wake, wake aid. aid. <laughs> I was like, what, what the fuck is that? Not wake aid. What makes me laugh about the I actually really like this sequence of Mark's nightmare. I think it's really strong yeah. aesthetically, and I think that the performances him and the brother give are really 
top notch. I love the effect of the slashes appearing over his face. Oh, that was super well done. Mm -hmm. But the funniest part of this to me is that the end is like his back ripped open and it says Freddy's back and it's on his back. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, isn't that Mark's back? Freddy's back. I thought that was Mark's back. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I know exactly. And yeah. then, then all, then like we said, that happens. We lose, lose Mark. Probably our smartest character in the film. Tell me if I'm wrong. This is the part that I was going to point out with like, I'm like, the cast is decent. When Monica Kina confronts her dad, the guy playing her dad, and she's like, um, are you a are you a doctor at Weston Hills? Because I thought you were a fucking general practitioner. I actually thought she was doing a really good job in that scene. Oh, yeah. She was, she, yeah, she was doing fine. I don't mind her. I don't mind her in that scene. <laughs> oh, okay. Jake's inside inside the actor's studio. She, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a critique. The whole time, it, it was just like, like I was saying earlier, I was never distracted by anybody's acting. Sure. It was the characters themselves that would distract okay. me. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah. like, there was, yeah. for me, there was no point where I was like, oh, that's that's bad acting or anything like that. I will yeah. say that Kelly acts a lot like Beyonce. They have the same like speech pattern when they It might just they be act. the They voice. spent so much time together too. Then maybe they just... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love how Lori never questioned like her dad was just like yeah your mom died in a car accident and she was like okay wait what <laughs> thanks, was thanks, it, dad. she never saw a body she didn't see a car Where, what happened to the car that crashed he must maybe he crashed a car <laughs> he crashed her. it was like <laughs> she's, she's dead I don't she know, burnt up I don't know like she was like okay because she's in love with him so she, was like, yeah. she was like, thank God, that, that bitch is out of the way. It's my Yeah, she's out of the picture. I've been waiting for this day. Ew. She killed her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, this is getting... That got I, real I dark. Hate, I hate that you pointed that out because I honestly didn't see any of it, Erica, but now it's ruined. Like, oh, yeah. every time I watch that movie now, yeah. I'm not going to be able to unsee it. Now go back and rewatch it as a romance, as a oh. triangle, as a love triangle between Lori and Ew. Will and Lori and dad. Ew. Oh, my God. It doesn't change things a little bit for you. Yeah. But this cop, so we get this cop character who is the only purpose of this cop character is for him to to tell, for him to be the one that says like, oh, I think it's a Camp Crystal Lake. He has to let the kids know Jason's side of things. And then they said, great, now we can kill, kill you. You. <laughs> you can go. Um, <laughs> you can go. Your job is done. Yeah, because he's in this for really no reason. He's an outsider Literally. for really no reason. And my favorite part is like, think I was like thinking about it while he's like, when he like mysteriously shows up in the basement while they're all having like their little powwow. And I was like, this adult man is talking to these children <laughs> about this stuff. And I was like, like, what are we going to do guys? Yeah, I was like, what are you gonna do? So Who's like, also a cop yes. too, being like, all right guys, yeah, these, how are we going to figure this one out? These teenagers are yeah. it. These are, <laughs> these are, the this is really weird. I almost felt like this was the pickup. Like, I feel like they wrote up everything to this point and then they had writer's <laughs> block and they're like, let's get back to it. Because I'm like, where the fuck did Freebird come from? Like, I literally <laughs> were introduced to Linderman. We were already introduced to Deputy Stubbs, but who is this rando character, Freebird? I think he has one line previously where he's like, I heard Trey was like gutted and Gib throws a drink in his face. I think that's Freebird. Is that? Yeah. I I was like, yeah. All of a sudden they were like in a van and I was like, wait, who's that character? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's him. And then, the then he also, that? he also was the guy that was handing out the party invitation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's oh, okay. it. Then, yeah, and then he's 
he's part of the crew now. He's part of the Scooby They're, gang all of a sudden. He's part of the Scooby. He is Shaggy. That's why they mean <laughs> yeah, him. Because they like, make a reference to Scooby-Doo. Again, we're doing more just like, we're not like drawing things out. We're going to get right to the point because randomly Lori's like, wait a minute. Freddie died by fire. Jason died by water. Like, how do we use that? Like, what can oh. we do with that? <laughs> <laughs> what can we do with that? Hmm. Yeah, it's like, we're just going to skip. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, it's just funny. Yeah, again, we're, they're just expediting to get to the action at this point. Oh, not and not this scene where she's falling asleep on the couch and she's like, wait, and no one's really listening to her. And then she's like, well, we all know who the virgin is. Oh, I know. And Kia was like, why, why would Will fuck you when he could fuck someone like me? I was like, ew. Did you kiss your mother with that mouth, Kelly? Oh, it makes me cringe every time because it just seems like she wasn't totally... Sold on that line, or right. she, yeah, she's like not, not. She's not totally comfortable saying that line. Yeah, and the way that she like looks him <laughs> up and down, she's like, "When you fuck somebody like me, <laughs> oh." I think she was just that down bad actress. She was yeah. like, you know what? I'm in this movie. Whatever you want me to do, let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in it now. I just, yeah, the contract is signed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there, there's this one moment where they're actually in Weston Hills. It's in the it's in the behind the scenes footage. Again, I have this two disc DVD that I had to watch, and um, they it's the part where like Jason like crashes in, and she keeps running first, and he's like, what? The? And the director goes, and he's like, what's wrong with you? And she goes, I'm scared. <laughs> I mean, she she's committed to the moment. Also, oh, can we talk funny. about when how Lori, who has been standing out in the rain. All of a sudden, had a full, fresh face of makeup on, hair done mm-hmm. for this whole dream sequence moment, or like yeah, before- she's photo shoot ready. Yeah, photo shoot ready. <laughs> and we, like God, mm-hmm. we, they just yeah. want to hot her up. They just like, I feel like they were trying to make Monica Kina a thing, and like, <laughs> I almost feel like the director was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck what happens in this movie. I just need uh, Lori, Kia, and Gib to look as sexy as possible the entire time. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're gonna put Kia in this paisley top. So fire. <laughs> so sexy. So sexy. This is exactly what she needs. <laughs> then we get, they're like, all right, we got to go to Weston Hill to get that hypnosil. Hypno oh, that rhymes. Because they finally, re- Will finally makes a connection. Yes. And yeah. says, well, we never dreamed. We never dreamed. At Weston Hills. It's like, you didn't realize yeah. how, you've been there for years. Yes. And you just realized <laughs> that you never dreamed. Maybe eventually we'll get to the part where Freddie and Jason fight. I don't know. Maybe we'll get there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Let's find out what happens next. The group, the group makes, makes it to Weston Hills, Hills and they, they split up to find the hypnocell. Freeberg takes, takes the time to himself to light up a blunt. <laughs> Sorry. This whole scene is, <laughs> is ridiculous. Light it up. Smoke it up. Roll it up. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. As he smokes, he sees a vision of Freddy appearing as the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. Freddy possesses Freeberg by forcing his caterpillar body into Freeberg's mouth. He uses Freeberg's body to find the bottles of Hypnocell and empty them down a sink drain. Lori, Kia, and Will stumble across a room of children in comas from taking too much Hypnocell. When Lori asks who would do this to these kids, she's horrified to discover her father is the lead doctor in the trial use of Hypnosil. Jason shows up and kills Deputy Stubbs by means of electrocution. As he chases Lori, Kia, and Will, he is soon confronted by Freddy. Oh, sorry. 
Freddie Freeberg. <laughs> I was like, who's Freddie Freeberg? <laughs> but it makes sense now. Okay. He is soon confronted by Freddie Freeberg, who injects Jason with two vials of tranquilizer. Jason bisects Freeberg's body before passing out. Once inside Freddy's dream world, Freddy uses the visage of Mrs. Voorhees to yell at Jason, telling him he, he needs to stop killing so Freddy can take over. Jason realizes he was tricked by Freddy, disguising himself as his mother. Freddy and Jason begin to fight. Freddy soon discovers Jason has a fear of water. Freddy exploits Jason's aquaphobia by turning him back into his childhood form. Freddy changes their background from his boiler room to Camp Crystal Lake. Freddy begins to drown young Jason in the lake. Lori, Kia, Will, and Linderman are transporting Jason's body to Crystal Lake in the real world, and they begin to notice Jason drowning in his sleep as water splashes out of his hockey mask. All right. Okay, wait, a little bit of background of this caterpillar moment, okay? Please, so, please. Uh, I, there's this whole section of the art direction on the DVDs, okay? And they were talking about how they almost cut this scene out, but they thought it would be really cool, so the art directors wanted to keep it in. So they were like, we're, we're out of the budget, like, no more special effects, like, this one has to go. And so they ended up finding this company, or this house as they refer it to, that could make this caterpillar on the cheap. Oh, really? This is what we get. This caterpillar? (laughs) Was on sale. You can can see it. You can definitely see it. It's definitely a clearance caterpillar. A clearance caterpillar, for sure. (laughs) Like, the sequence lasts way too long it is absolutely ridiculous they do coat it with the guise of he's stoned as hell too so that's that's the only reason i let them get away with it every time because i'm like you know what early 2000s stoned imagery for sure sure. okay fine he's taking a j the psychedelic music yeah yeah Yeah. he like pulls out that like hookah looking bong and like that it just—it's like oh, because it's like he's like the caterpillar, caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland who has a hookah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, this is so dumb. I was like, what is the boy? <laughs> oh my god. This whole section just feels like it's from a totally different yes. movie. It's out it's of place. So wild, especially when it keeps cutting from that to the whole thing with them discovering the kids in the coma in this like really serious Mm -hmm. moment where they're like Lori's finding out her dad is involved (laughs) which never gets no never goes anywhere nothing ever comes from that it's just like ah my my dad's kind of crazy and then it gets lost but yeah you're like cutting between this moment and then you're cutting back to Freeberg like deep throating a CGI caterpillar (laughs) Yeah, it's like, th- what is sure. happening in this movie? It's like, it's absolutely bonkers. And then they're like in, and even like, there's also something cartoony about the setting of this. Like they're in that one room with all the computers and it literally looks like it was in the fucking 50s. I was like, what are these like beep, boop, beep, boop computers behind them? <laughs> and I was like, I'm in an episode of I, I Dream of Genie. Like, what is this? It's just so silly. 
Yeah, and then I think this is a really weak moment. Like, yeah. I feel like there's no security guards. This is like super cheap. Um, and the best part about this is the room full of children. And yeah, that is effective. Like, I think mm-hmm. That's a strong point. Yeah, it's a, it's effective imagery. Yeah. It looks really freaky. Like they have those like bloody eyes. They like they don't they only speak in whispers. Like that is like pretty unsettling mm-hmm. imagery, I think. But then it's totally just undermined by this other section that's happening simultaneously. Yeah. So yeah, so now we have Freddy inside of Freeburg. And yeah. this is interesting because it's like we kind of saw something like this. You know, it's kind of the same idea as what they were doing in the second one, yeah. right? right? Where it's like Freddy yeah. inside of one, but it's a totally different thing. It, like it's played totally different yeah, in this one. Exactly. Because Freeburg doesn't really have he's almost like a zombie mm-hmm. when he's like inhabited by Freddy, besides that one point where he like is about to stab Jason and right. he says something to but even when he says it, it's like I don't know, it just it's weird it's weird. Like it's yeah. kind of, it's just kinda of off. Yeah, he he seems like more like it's almost like they didn't direct him well to know like you're playing Freddy Krueger in this moment. He's like playing it as if he's like, have you ever seen any of the nightmare movies? <laughs> <laughs> he's all no, what's that? <laughs> Look, he's straight up just the catalyst to get into this yeah. fight scene right. and they're just like, you know what, it doesn't fucking matter. It's yes. about time. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Finally. Oh my god. Finally, Finally here. be there. So this fight moment. Um, is kicked off by that old bitch who's playing the mom. She is committed <laughs> to this performance. She is at an 11. <laughs> She's like giving full on like Ursula ass. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah, She's everything. She's like, You're a big stupid dog who won't stop eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, you know what? She understood the assignment. <laughs> she came to work for me. Yeah. So I don't know. Do we even have that lady credited in our synopsis? I don't think we do, but... No, I thought she was... Yeah, not important. She's I not mean, important. Her, character. her character's not important, but... <laughs> you know what? Credit to you, ma'am, because you... you uh, Jason showed up. J- Jason's stepmom. Yes. Jason's stepmom. Jason's... Yeah, exactly. Very exactly. <laughs> this imagery of Jason being ping-ponged in uh, like a damn ping... Yeah, like pinball. A, not, what do you call a it? Pinball. Pinball. Ping-pong. 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 Ping-pong like a pinball. <laughs> I know it's so good like this is what we came here for an hour into the movie like we had a little bit before right like when but uh, we're almost done yeah but like (laughs) we finally have this knockout fight scene and again this is Jason getting the short end of the stick here like in this fight scene. Yeah, he's afraid of he's afraid of water. He's afraid of water. <laughs> the I will give him this though, um, because they do kind of do the flip with it. This is again going back to the Marvel movie thing, where they're like, all right, it's this person's time to shine. Yeah. That's this person's time to shine in the fight stuff. What I really love, and I notice it this time with this movie, is this one. This is one of the few times where we actually get to see both of these characters go all out totally yeah and i didn't really think about that before it's like usually freddie the person's dead before freddie gets right. to do all the shit that he's doing to jason where in this movie he gets to throw everything that he can do and we don't get to really see that much because normally he's just killing normal people yeah so now, now he's got this unstoppable force he's like yeah i'm gonna fucking ping pong you around yeah. this entire place i'm gonna drop shit on you and but then jason of course just keeps coming back which is fun to see. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's definitely these two characters that like have supernatural abilities, like just full on going ham. It almost yeah. 
seems like Freddy has found the key to kill Jason. Like, the only way to get him is if he dies in his sleep. Oh, um, right? Because right. he's, like, drowning him, and he's, like, full-on drowning in real life. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. I know. He takes forever to drown, though. Like, he must have been drowning for five yeah. minutes while they, while Kia, <laughs> while Kia was taking her well, time. Fuck, he's been, un- he was underwater between 1980 and 1980 <laughs> <laughs> before he came back big giant. <laughs> I know. And I was like, Kia, because when they were like, oh, he's drowning. We need to give him mouth to mouth. I'm like, it doesn't matter if you give him mouth to mouth. He's going to die in his dream. He's going to die in his dream. Like, why are you even worried about this girl? Hasn't she seen the previous (laughs) movies? Doesn't she know the rules? (laughs) Don't you know Jason lore? (laughs) Speaking of the lore of Jason, like a fear of water. When? <laughs> All of a sudden. Because it's like a what? It's like the I could almost I understand if it was like a like if he fell into water, right? But the way they have it, it's like a little wa- a cascading waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> and he he's like, is it's like stopping him from throwing his machete. He's like shook. He, he, he's like <laughs> can't touch it at all. And he runs oh, yeah. through heavy rain quite often. <laughs> I mean, not those movies take place in a storm, but. Even in this one, yeah. the first time we see him, he's in a storm. Yeah, <laughs> but water. This one has him shook, though. This <laughs> yeah. is, I, I think Freddie is, like, tapped into Jason's psyche, and he's really getting to him. Yeah. Speaking but, of, what is this, like, E.T. phone home shit that Freddie can do all of a sudden? When he, oh, yeah. he like, <laughs> pokes Jason in the head, he's like, oh, we got to go deeper. Yeah. It's inception time. <laughs> We're going into the yeah. second dream. It's like, when can oh, Freddy do that? I can penetrate your brain. <laughs> I feel like that, that's the same stock fucking transition they use every time you go into yeah. somebody's brain in the cell like in the early two <laughs> like in the early like 2000s like anytime you were like all right we're going yeah. into someone's mind i feel like it's the same sequence yeah. <laughs> this is like when chucky got tiffany pregnant yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and we were traveling in her uterus like, like watching the sperm swim it's oh. like very jimmy neutron but like mm-hmm. also it works. Like, it works in the movie. Yeah, sure. I forgot about I forgot that he does that. He, like, goes into his memory. Yeah. And then he starts to, he has to go in and then drown, uh, drown right. Jason through that. Of course. I like seeing Jason as a kid, too. I, I think that's a nice callback. Oh, call my back God, it's so sad. Yeah. Friday the 13th. It is. And then he went in and when Lori's like, I'll help you. And then he jumps out of the water. She's like, oh, shit. And like, yeah. Just lets him go back <laughs> into the water. Like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> I will say, though, in that scene when Freddy jumps out of the water, that's like my favorite shot in the whole movie. I think that's the Matrix. Yeah, so, yeah literally. His matrix the scene. Matrix. There's all. Because at this, I mean, at this point, we've left horror movies. Oh, though. yeah. That's the thing. Is like, full we're, full, we're full what? action movie at this point. And I was, I gotta be honest, I was gonna hear for it. Sure, <laughs> why not? They like know full on karate. When did Freddie become a black belt in like every martial art? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. That's what he's been doing while he's been waiting for like Springwood to remember him. He's just yeah. been getting his black belt. But okay, what purpose does Freddie have for killing Lori's mom? When has Freddie gone into an adult's dream and killed them? Like right, even for no in, reason. even regardless of the house, he has never gone into an adult's dream before and killed them. So I'm slightly confused on why Lori's mom never understood this. The one where he was like, oh, I got to get in that bitch's dream. And so we find out that he actually killed him or killed her. But I'm like, that's 
that. Again, this is that movie. This is that movie that did not exist that we're supposed to pretend existed. Yeah, that we're all yeah. have <laughs> supposed to have seen. But yeah, he's he's like all about the women, the women in that family apparently, because he's like real, because he's also like really into Lori. He's like <laughs> he almost fingers her. her with his yes, blades, which, which also, is a really uncomfortable moment. Ew, yeah. yeah, like you you already had the cornfield scene. Like we're good, we're Let's good. No. Wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, let up. <laughs> oh, and then we also have <laughs> Freddie like um, having sex with a dead camp counselor, which also yeah. is really nasty. Yeah, I'm like ew. Honestly, I've, I I love I will always love Freddy, but like the more, especially as we go back in our podcast and like watch them, I'm like some of these moments are real fucking cringe. Yeah, like yeah. they are. It, it's hard to watch. Yeah, and we, and you just like have to constantly remind yourself, like, oh, this this was a <laughs> That's different time. That's what Freddy, time. Does. That's what Freddy yeah. does. Like you know, I know it's just funny. It's so ridiculous that when he's like fucking the camp counselor, and they had to have Lori be like. You're not coming because oh, they had to like yeah. set up that whole that punchline, and I was like, "Is that how you would have worded that <laughs> in, real, in real life? Is maybe, that really? maybe yeah. not." <laughs> 2003. 2003. 2003. 2003. <laughs> and also, why doesn't Lori? Because they they were trying to wake Lori up, right? If yeah, they, yeah. she just wasn't waking up, was what it was, right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She too, okay. She too okay, much of right. the hip of the tranquilizer, right? She, yeah, yeah, so she couldn't wake up. But, and I, I do like this is going ahead a little bit, but I do like that part where her hand goes yeah. on fire. And yeah. that's what Oh yeah, it looks great. That's a good part. Yeah, I for sure. She's like, oh mm-hmm. she's up and awake. But I, I do love <laughs> this <laughs> I do love this moment though when they crash the van and Chase's body flies. Oh, this is where the flying ramps Oh uh, flying they, they are aerodynamic. <laughs> the wire work, bitch. The wire the work. Wire work. <laughs> Oh, Kia really gets oh my it. God. We have to get oh into it. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's let's finish this off. Before Freddy can kill Jason, Lori enters the dream world and interrupts the fight, causing Jason to wake up and attack the group who are now at Crystal Lake. Freddy, enraged, attempts to kill Lori after revealing that he was the one who killed her mother. When? Bitch, um, <laughs> where? Or what? In the real world, the group sets up a cabin where they plan to light it on fire to set Freddy and Jason ablaze. This is Lori's big idea. Freddy, fire, Jason, what 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 can we do do with that? that? (laughs) Put them on fire in a cabin near water. Perfect. Will attempts to wake up Lori as Linderman and Kia try to keep Jason from killing them. Jason injures Linderman and Kia. The cabin begins to burn and Lori finally awakens. <laughs> they should have had her wake up and go, my fucking hand! <laughs> <laughs> so she brings Freddy into the real world with her. Jason turns his attention to Freddy, who is somewhat paralyzed by his fear of fire. <laughs> Jason uses this to his advantage by throwing Freddy around like a rag doll. Lori, Will, Kia, and Linderman try to escape, but Linderman is wounded and dies soon afterwards. Kia tries to save Lori and Will from Freddy by distracting him, but she is killed suddenly by Jason, who uses his machete to send her flying into a tree. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a mannequin with a red wig on. Literally, that's what it was. (laughs) Freddy and Jason continue their battle, and Lori decides to stay so she can watch Freddy die, since he is the one who killed her mother. Freddy and Jason use their surroundings to fight each other in a bloody battle. They eventually end up on the lake's dock. Lori and Will spread gas on the dock and light it on fire. After chopping off some of Jason's fingers, Freddy grabs hold of his machete. 
Freddy uses his glove and Jason's machete to slash up Jason, even shoving two of his glove blades into Jason's eyes. Jason rips off Freddy's gloved arm. Freddy retaliates by shoving Jason's machete into his heart. An explosion sends the killers flying into the lake. <laughs> oh, bitch, <laughs> flying. Like, they flew, like, at least, like, a mile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Freddy makes his way out of the lake, confronting Lori and Will with Jason's machete. Just then, Jason uses Freddy's arm to send his bladed glove through Freddy's heart. Freddy drops the machete, falling to his knees. Lori grabs the machete and decapitates Freddy, his head and body falling back into the lake. The nightmare at Crystal Lake is over. The next morning, Jason rises from the water, carrying his machete and Freddy's severed head. Freddy smirks and winks at the audience before laughing maniacally. The end. <laughs> the end. What a the great end. ending. <laughs> Beautiful. You know, we have to set up. It could potentially have a sequel. Mm-hmm. Right. This does well enough, right? Like nothing's ever finished. <laughs> yeah. Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Remember, that was going to be the sequel. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's um, true. That was like a thing. Like legitimately. I know, imagine. Like, huh? I don't even know how they to hold that in. <laughs> he, Ash yeah, comes out of one of the cabins. <laughs> oh my god he's in the cabin next door like what the hell <laughs> at this point right like we we're we know where we're at in this movie we're just watching these two duke it out and they've they fuck each other up they really do like oh, they oh yeah they, they that fight went on way longer than i remembered it um specifically the dock portion of it because like yeah. they're just like ripping off each other's limbs like I, oh my god shooting each other with fucking uh, tanks tank torpedoes and, and- <laughs> <laughs> it was wild but the same thing i was saying about freddy and the dream thing uh, we got we do get to see it with jason though because we get to see jason deal with somebody who doesn't instantly die the moment yeah. that he whacks him so it's right. like we get we do get a little bit of jason unhinged too where what does jason do with somebody who doesn't die instantly he yeah swings them around like a damn rag doll straight yeah, up yeah. just Seriously. bashing against walls and when he pulls him through the windows i fucking love that shit <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think at this point like we're also like so hungry for jason to have his moment that yeah when he finally does it's like yeah yeah it's very it's satisfying. like this is what i've been waiting yeah. for and i love the i love when the music kicks in and freddie like looks around and he realizes he's out of the dream i don't every time <laughs> oh, yeah. that moment happens it like gets me hyped like, yes. that rock music like, coming oh. in like, oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> oh okay wait I had a question because we already talked about Lori being in this dream you know trying to save Jason and things how did Lori end up in Jason's dream I don't ever remember that being I don't know a thing except in like dream warriors right dream warriors yeah oh it kind of worked there where they were all in the same place so they got to have like a collective dream but it's a stretch like i'm not like even with that being done in dream warriors i'm not gonna pretend it's not a stretch that she could just <laughs> yeah i'm gonna hop in jason's dream real quick like we just kind of have to accept that that happens i wonder if freddie pulled her I-, I wonder if she just knew that when she went to sleep freddie would be like come come into my like come where i'm at i never even noticed that <laughs> me either until this like, last yep. viewing i was like wait a minute this doesn't make any sense. Not whole yeah. Me yeah. either. That's and true. she was also, this was all her plan too. Wait. So she was so sure 
that she was going to be able to infiltrate that dream. Maybe, maybe it's just that, like, if somebody's already dreaming about Freddy and you're next to them, if you fall asleep, you're also gonna be, if you're in proximity of Freddy, you're just gonna end up there. That's what it seems, that's what it seems like. Thankfully, it worked out for her, because it could have gone all wrong. Well, it worked out for her, nobody else. Definitely not, didn't work out for <laughs> Linderman and Kia, who get absolutely yeah. annihilated in this part. Oh my God. But I will say they fought like Miss Kia and Mr. Linderman. They they want ham as much as they could. First she gets thrown in the cabin when Jason just <laughs> whacks her and she flies into the window. Oh my ah. God. And then like later on when he grabs his machete and uses it, I always thought, I'm like, how could he like cut Freeberg in half? But when he does it to her, she flies through miles of woods <laughs> before yeah. hitting a tree. <laughs> Her getting the tell off Freddy though is fun. It's fun. Oh, you you overcome. Oh my god, it's fun. It is fun. It's like, fun. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. have a problem with her calling Freddy a faggot, but I'm like, again, this is like of the times. Of the time. Well, it's so weird because it like starts with like a slightly racist joke and then it goes into yeah. a homophobic yeah. joke. Like, oh, what did you say meat. when he's like, oh sweet dark meat? Excuse me. I'm like, She's like faggot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like you go into so extremes, like, all right, we're going yeah, there. I, so I like, I get it. Yeah, I'm like, Kia, you you got him. Like you distracted him. Run. She keeps it going for too long. Her. I'm like, girl, run. Yeah, she keeps it. <laughs> she has her whole monologue. She's practicing her whole stand-up routine. And then, your dick is small. Your mouth is just short. <laughs> you're ugly. Your breath stinks. Nobody likes you. Your teeth are brown. I like how Jason lets her get out most of her yeah. digs and then he's like i i gotta cut this like it, yeah it is a good death i'll give it to her like she died valiantly she did she, she really shouldn't have died honestly, in the first place literally if she was, <laughs> if she was thinking yeah. she could have survived but it's all right or your girl Lori, that you were trying to protect should have helped you out know that jason was standing right yeah. behind you this is one of those movies that horror noir was talking about with like the black characters yeah. just literally being there to like help the the this help white the white girl, girl with her journey. Yep. The black savior. Yep. And Will, after Kia dies, Will's like, let's just go. Like, <laughs> let's just get the fuck out of here because I don't even care anymore. I get it though. It's like they're clearly fighting. We're we're unnecessary now. Let's just let's get out of here. <laughs> Same, Will, same. So in the middle of this fight scene, I want to say that one of my favorite moments is when Freddy drops the the bars, like those like mm -hmm. ribbed bars all Ooh. through Jason yeah. and he's like pinned. Oh, I think that was so cool. I think that mm -hmm. was probably like my favorite moment of the whole fight. If nothing else, like despite the fact that this is supposed to be a horror movie, the fight the the fight choreography is honestly really, really good. And like the fight storytelling yeah. is yeah. very good too. Because even after we get Freddy in the real world and we're in Jason's home turf, they still manage to make the fight um, entertaining to watch because Freddy can still win. Like there are still yeah. moments when Freddy gets the upper hand and you're like, oh shit, okay, it's not just a clean sweep. Yeah. Freddy uses his brains in this fight a lot more than mm -hmm. Jason, while Jason just uses He like, uses his like brawn. resources. And so they're like fairly He's like a even. resourceful fighter. Yeah. They also use that, that fear of water thing to kind of reestablish that ultimately Jason is a little boy. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so like, He's not smart. Like he's big and dumb. When once J Freddy grabs a hold of that machete, Jason mm -hmm. is like 
week. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It. Like, there's blades in the eyes, which actually is my favorite moment. Ooh, I that think is so brutal. The yeah. And, the, and the, the music swells, and it's like this big cinematic yeah. moment. And you're like, oh my god. Because they've somehow managed to make Jason the hero. Like, you're rooting for Jason, which is such a strange place yeah. to be after watching him slaughter half the cast of the movie. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for this ending, um, when they were like creating it and they were like, how do we, how do we please the fan bases of this? They um, considered doing like what the movie Clue did and having two separate endings mm. where one, one, like Freddie wins, another one where Jason wins and you'd have to like see the movie several times in theaters in hopes to get like one or the other. What do you think about what do you think about that? Do you think you would have liked that? Uh, I think I, personally, I think I was okay with how they ended this one because, yeah. like, even not fully remembering how the fight ended, I did remember thinking to myself, "This is pretty even." Like, despite everything, yeah. like they, I, if I had to just blindly be like, "Oh, who do I think is stronger?" I'd be like, "I don't know. I think they're." both just as strong as, as each other in different ways so them right. ending on like a tie basically doesn't bother me that much right and I, and I think that the writers had a hard task they had yeah. to figure out a way to to fan service each one of their you know fan, fan bases, bases. Mm-hmm. and so it's like how do we do this we got to make it an even fight to where and you know with an unclear winner you know but most, yeah. most people say that jason won like freddie doesn't even have a body <laughs> i was thinking that too i was like what how's freddie in his body back he's just a head yeah. mm-hmm. so like <laughs> yeah he's alive but <laughs> at what cost that bit where it's just his head right is that did anyone else pick up that that was just a dream like they were in I jason's mean, dream the establishing shots of the clouds over the water made me think dream I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. it seems like a dreamlike sequence for sure. Where it's like he won in the real world, but because he got knocked back into the water, now he has to keep fighting Freddy because they're back in the dream world. That's how I mm. that's how I took it this time around. That's, that's not how I always watch it. But this time I was like, huh, because otherwise I'm like, Freddy, how are you still up, bro? Like, how, how, yeah. Yeah. how are you still okay? <laughs> Come on now. Come like, I know on. you're supposed to be all powerful, but that decapitation seems like a wrap my guy you should be done that's the yeah. thing too it's like in what nightmare movie did pulling freddy out of the dream was that, that ever successful like they keep doing was it the first one right i mean the first one but he came back <laughs> yeah yeah true 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 mm-hmm. it seems but, like a callback but like the forgetting him seems to be how you kill him because right, exactly since there are sequels post the first movie it's like yeah, you can pull him out of the dream, but if you remember him in your dreams, he's just gonna come back. Like it doesn't. Yeah. Come back. Which is yeah. And I was thinking about that because I was like, okay, cool. Like they killed Freddy, but everybody at the school knows Freddy Krueger now. So like, yeah, he's good. <laughs> Lori, maybe your best idea is just to move. Because <laughs> your father apparently is crazy. The whole school knows about Freddy Krueger. Will is on the run. He's still probably wanted by the psych, like the psych hospital. You guys should probably just go. All right, and that kind of brings us to the end of our movie, right? Yeah, this is it. What are your final thoughts? Um, I'm gonna say that um, I do find this movie entertaining. I think it's an entertaining like um, addition to both of their franchises, especially because the franchises do progressively sort of get bad as the movies go along. But um, I think this is like a decent one and I enjoy the action part of it. I think 
you know, they like I said before, they had a lot of um, they had a big task ahead of them. And I think that they did the best that they could to bring these two, like, massive characters together. And, you know, I know we talked a lot about, like, the dynamics between, like, the our ca- like our other casts, you know? But it, honestly, at the end of the day, nobody's going to care about what happens between any of them. Because it's really just about Freddy versus Jason at the end of the day. So, mm-hmm. my final thoughts, or my, sorry, my final rating out of five is going to be, like, a two and a half solid. Yeah, you know... It had, like I said, it had been a really long time since I had seen this movie. It, although it is entertaining, it's not as entertaining as I remembered it being. Like, maybe just because I was younger when I watched it before. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have its great moments and its moments that are, like, fun. But, yeah, I definitely think, you know, the whole movie, you're kind of waiting for them to have their fight. And when that finally happens, it's great and it's entertaining and it's what you've been waiting for. Um, and also, Jason's kills in this movie, I think, are the be- the best kills. So if you're going into it to see Freddy kills, then you're not really going to find what you're looking for <laughs> here. But uh, but that doesn't mean it's not still like a gory enough and has enough kills to get through. And like it did what it needed to do. I think, honestly, I, I can't think of a better way to have combined the two of them that would have made sense. Um, so I do think that they were clever in the way that they did that. But um, so I would give it, I would give it like a 2.7 out of five. I would say um, that one of the really strong parts of this that really elevates it for me is the imagery. I think regardless of any plot holes or, I mean, like Jake said, there, this was a huge task to put these two characters together. And I actually do think that they did it really well. There are some cringy moments and like some plot holes that you're like, wait, some what? dated moments. For but sure. to, to me, the way it's filmed and just how cartoonish it all is, it's forgiven. And I actually would give this a three. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I'm actually I I'm the same way. Like I was thinking three myself too, because it's I I went to this movie remembering it being trash. That is yeah. that is all I remember. I was like, this is not a good movie going into it. So I did go in with like low expectations, and even though I don't think it's a good movie, I did after ending the film think yo that was an awesome movie (laughs) like there was just some shit that was really (laughs) cool to see that i really enjoyed and like erica said i don't think it was the worst way to write these two characters into the same universe and i do like the idea of these characters um meeting up from these different franchises in a way that makes even an iota of sense and so that combined with the awesome fucking fight scene at the end like you know if you like if you like these two it's a fun it's a fun adventure if you if you've never seen it at least once i definitely recommend watching it at least one time and after that you can dismiss it but like it's worth like at least one watch so i'd give it a three. Oh my gosh that concludes freddy versus jason we streamlined this this is great <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, um, I think that wraps it up. Uh, we want to say a big thank you to the homies of horror for being here to do this with us. Um, we know it's like so hard to get schedules and stuff together. So thank you so much for making time for us. We really appreciate it. Cause we are such, we're like such big fans of you guys. 
and you know we really oh, enjoy getting to to know you beautiful. over Instagram and stuff and um, we really just really believe in what you guys do and like what you bring to the table and so I just want to say thank you for being here with us and we've I've enjoyed it and uh, yeah and you guys are on so many platforms so where can everybody find you yes yes um so you can find us so we are homies of horror on all social medias um so if you want to follow us on their instagram or twitter or facebook then just look us up through that and you can follow us um for podcast episodes we release a new episode every single monday and we are on like all the major podcasting apps so you can just look us up through there as well (laughs) um we also stream on twitch every single monday night if that is something that you're interested in we play horror video games and we usually talk more in depth about the podcast episode that we did that same day so if you want to follow us on that our twitch link is always in our social media bios and we also have a discord which is also in our social media bios so if you want to hang out and talk scary movies with other people other homies then you can always hop in there as well yes Yes. oh my gosh amazing um so yes everybody (laughs) please tune into homies of horror it is so worth it um we love them very much uh (laughs) so uh before we go we're gonna plug our little social media as well so uh follow us on instagram at fear the talking queers um you can visit our website www.fearthetalkingqueers.com where we have all the fun goodies you can learn more about us you can uh download some wallpapers you can play some drinking games we have um some of our favorite games that we plan the podcast on there we have would you rather and we have uh fuck mary kill uh so you can take those to all of your fun little parties this summer <laughs> yeah so you guys scooby shaggy or fred <laughs> <laughs> no, i was like larry yeah so thanks thank you guys so much for being here and um we're just gonna say this before we go sweet screams bitch bye yay